0: The following is a
1: presentation of the Bellyup Sports Media Network.
0: This is the main event. This
2: is your main event, Mark's podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Cat Dad. And we're your podcast hookup. Holler if you hear us. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the filthy animal to my natural born thriller. It's Greg. What's up, Greg?
3: Are you above average?
2: Yes, I am. I'm above <laughs> average. And you and uh, you want me to let you speak on this.
3: <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that. God, I I
2: like uh, I like when Mike Sanders was uh, um, mocking him like during during the backstage thing. I was yeah, like,
3: that's
2: what I meant. yeah. I was like, okay. At first, I didn't know what he was getting at, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then freaking Conian came out and said the he, same damn yeah, stuff. It's, it's like he just endorsed it. Right. Like he he just he steered right into it. I'm like, he just mocked you for this, and you're like, you know what? Whatever, like I, I don't get like he was calling people raspberries and cranberries. I'm like, what? Like to this day, I don't even know what that means. Right. I mean, I is guess it like it's a bad-
3: derogatory thing, like a calling people for white fruits? people, or is it homophobia?
2: It, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is calling people fruits because he did have a lot of like homophobic jokes and slurs and his stuff. Because remember don't that live
3: TV, he told Lex Lure to toss a salad. So. <laughs>
2: Right. You also told somebody, or you also said he told somebody. It might have been Lex Luger again. He said, uh, "Get on your knees and peel my potatoes," or something like that.
3: Yeah, it was the same promo. Oh. Peel my potatoes and toss my salad.
2: <laughs> I still, I'm afraid to to know what the hell "peel my potatoes" is. I mean, I can assume. I'm not that.
3: looking it up, so.
2: Yeah, ah, man. Let's see. Kill my potatoes. Urban Dictionary. To look. Well, yeah, it's it's exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what a creep. Yeah, uh, it, it involves uh it involves a mouth and uh potatoes. Yeah, but not potatoes. You know what I mean. God. Anyway, yeah. Conan is Conan's a freak, dude. Either say. way. Yeah, well, they really are the filthy animals.
3: Anyway, the the podcast was Disco Inferno is a freak to me.
2: That is correct. <laughs> well, either way. But we, uh, we actually have a lot to talk about today. Uh, it's another WCW in 2000 podcast, so you can assume, you know. I will say, you had told me before I went into this that I would probably be pleasantly surprised. I didn't love this show. But as a WCW in 2000 show, I didn't hate it.
3: There's some good stuff on
2: it. Yeah, it was, we'll pretty, that it was pretty good. Yeah, I, it, it had some decent matches on here. Uh, there were like two that weren't really overbooked. So, you know, uh, you can get into that. But The fact that there's probably like nine matches or so on this card, he said there are two that aren't overbooked. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, right. There's literally ten matches on the card. Two of them, there's not a bunch of BS. Well, one of them, there's a little BS in it. I don't know. Every match had to have stipulation, stipulations, bro. Wow. And run-ins, so I and weapons.
3: Mutual, I was watching this with the mutual friend, right? I'm like, is Russo doing this? And we weren't even sure until he showed up.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I,
3: I, I, I literally my, said me. that. In my head, I thought he left that New Blood Rising, but I guess. And then I forgot. No, it was later because I was at that stupid San Francisco 49er match.
2: Oh man! Which was his last show ever. Thanks for reminding me of that, a asshole. Point for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was another thing. Like I thought the same thing as you did because like I was about halfway through the show and I thought, ah, wow, well, maybe Russo's gone and this is like the first show under the new regime. And so then, like everything you said, he
3: said about Saturday Night Collision versus Dynamite.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, this is going pretty well. Must not be him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, well, surprise. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, or as the impractical jokers would say. No! Yeah. So uh, either way, but we have a lot to get into today with the news and notes and the show itself. Like I said, there are 10 effing matches on a two and a half hour show. What? Uh, what, what is this? Dark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, no, that would be 20. But
3: maybe yeah, that would only be an hour, by the way.
2: Yeah, right. Can you imagine if, if Tony Khan had two and a half hours for Dark? There would have been like a hundred matches on that show.
3: I don't know who in their right mind would watch two hours of Dark.
2: Uh, crazy people? Freakazoids? I don't know. Do the freakazoids, the freakazoids even watch Dark?
3: I used to do some like hundred thousand views, so I assume.
2: Yeah, some really bored-ass people.
3: Honest to God, my only, the only Dark I ever watched was when I was, at the, was at the Cal Palace. And they didn't even really watch
0: yeah. that. Same
3: Me year. and our mutual friend, we got up and went to the bath and got water and went to the birch stand. Hey, this just dark.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I went, I sat down, I got the, like I said, I got there about halfway through it. Uh, we sat there, we watched like a match, and then I looked over at my friend and was like, So do you want to go to concessions or something? And of course he was like, Nah, I'm I'm good. And then Dynamite starts. He's like, uh I, I think I want to go to concessions. And I was like, Of hey, course and do. Yeah, I'm like, bye. <laughs> it's like I gave you the chance dude like it's like a kid it's like you got to go to the bathroom no I'm good and you get it like five minutes down the road I gotta pee it's like I gave you the chance now you sit there and hold it <laughs> 10 uh,
3: year old kid doesn't even do that
2: yeah hey my fr- my uh, best advice that I can give for life is don't go to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom when you were able to so don't, don't wait till you have to go Go wherever you can.
1: Push it out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, uh, I do, before we get into all the news and notes that we got today, I do want to thank the sponsors of the podcast, Mahler Bros Golf. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day at the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design, they also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Spring and summer are just around the corner, so you know when you're out golfing and the sun's beating down and you just want to take your shirt off because of the heat? Well, these polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. That's great for beating the heat, because I don't know about you, but even here in the Midwest, our summers get blazing hot so you don't want to give up your golfing time because it's just a little too warm outside. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. We're going to tell you about... We are (laughs) whites. If you didn't know. We're going to get into the break where we're telling you about uh, some other great podcasts to listen to as well as telling you about our uh, awesome merchandise, if I do say so myself. Uh, We are officially heading into the fall months. So...
3: Thank God. um, I'm sick of the heat.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, my wife is always like, oh, I, I can't wait for fall. I love the fall. I'm like, Ugh. I don't know. I like when it's hot and I can grill and stuff like that. But then again, sometimes it gets too hot. where, you, Like you say, you, it's it's too damn hot.
3: I live in California anything. with men. Well, yeah. my 90 to 70. I'm getting sick from it.
2: Yeah, I've, I've been there. That's that's why in Ohio, we don't have spring. It goes straight from winter into like it's, it's not snowing anymore, but there's, like, a lot of rain, and it's, f- it's freezing cold, but not, like, cold enough to turn it to snow. So it's just cold as crap, and it rains all the time. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, 80 degrees and hot as hell. Like, well, that wasn't much of a transition. Meanwhile, everybody's getting sick around the state. So, <sighs> anyway. But we're going to get into uh, our break here. On the other end, we're diving into Fall Brawl
4: follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector
0: by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in Puckberg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE. You know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
4: Get ready to rumble.
2: dot redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks And we're back And we're back Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts, gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the Main Event Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MainEvent, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com. And use the promo code Event to save 5% at checkout. Uh, I misspoke earlier, by the way. We're not getting into Fall Brawl yet. We're getting into the news and notes. Obviously, but uh, any long time listeners of the show will know that I flubbed up, but either way, you cracking anything today What in post yeah there you go
3: four o'clock somewhere, right?
2: yeah, what are you drinking now
3: uh the rocks energy drink Zoa yeah,
2: I'm actually drinking Logan Paul's energy drink. I'm drinking uh blue raspberry prime energy uh it's hey for March. It's, it's gluten-free, man. Apparently loaded with caffeine. 200 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm told that's a lot. I, I, I don't know measurements. Yeah, Does I, this I have don't know.
3: caffeine in it? Oh, it's got nothing in it. No sugar? No. Oh, it's got sodium. Let's see.
2: That's the worst thing. Much caffeine is in a... Shot of espresso, 64 milligrams. So th- <laughs> this is damn near four times. I
3: have already of educated our listeners on this, but espresso doesn't have as much uh, caffeine as like a uh, drip coffee.
2: Huh. Uh, my sister actually has a, has a, does drip coffee in her house. Uh, she bought the thing for it. And yeah, uh, 95 milligrams of caffeine in, in just an average cup of coffee. So this is more than double that. Wow. Monster Energy doesn't even have a, as much caffeine as a cup of coffee. That's surprising. But I think they also have ginseng and stuff in Monster, so that's how they even it out. Man, this this prime energy drink will smack you right in the face. Where?
1: In the face! In the face!
2: There you go. <laughs> but uh, either way, diving into the news and notes. Uh, Gee, I wonder uh, what are these are going to be about... Yeah, we actually have a lot of news out of ECW today. That's not our top, top stuff, but... Uh, if I may, sir. Right. Uh, but my Jewish it's... father lawyer couldn't save my company. Wow. Uh, either way, uh, we'll, we'll get into that after the WWF and WCW stuff here. But first... That is correct. Oh! Oh! Shut the fuck up, Dave!
0: Everything that guy just says, bullshit.
2: This past week had the closest head-to-head Monday night ratings all year. It still wasn't even close, as Raw won by nearly three full ratings points. But it ended up being a lower-than-normal rated night for Raw. What was the the date of that? This this was the 17th, so the 10th? September 10th, 2000. Yeah, 2000.
3: Okay, so that one, I mean, even Nash and Steiner, no... With Booker T as the referee and Goldberg as the enforcer. Overbooked as hell.
2: Uh, Raw, the main event was Rock and Undertaker versus Kane and Chris Benoit on ODQ. Steve Blackman versus Xbox for the, X, er, for the hardcore title. Yeah, I can see why they won. Kurt Angle versus TNA in a handicap match. Al Snow versus Taz for the European <laughs> title. Acolytes <laughs> versus Bull Buchanan and Goodfather. Triple H versus Chris Jericho. Eddie Guerrero and China versus too cool Lita versus ivory. And there are like 500 matches.
3: Hey, over or here, we it? got Reno versus Big Vito Gunn's. and a stick ball and a pull match, dude.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> you mean to tell me that's not better than the Hardy boys versus the Dudley boys in a number one contender match to kick off the show? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now.
3: Oh, man.
2: Uh, but anyway, dude, look at this. Jeff Jarrett versus Miss Jones. Hell Yeah.
3: 2000, bro. Joe Cherry's got to beat a woman, bro. Like
2: nice yeah.
3: physically, not in the match, yeah. physically.
2: Wow. Uh, but getting back to this though, it ended up being way more fun. It ended up being a lower than normal rated night for Raw, likely due to being preempted to a later time slot for the last two weeks, so they had no momentum going in. There was also a Monday Night Football game between the Jets and the Patriots. And if anybody knows, Patriots It's not were, Tom Brady. No, Drew Bledsoe at this time. But the Patriots are heating up. Uh, I don't remember what the Jets were doing at the time, but it is a rivalry game. So, uh, plus... maybe
3: the game where they tease the, uh, the tuck. Because I know that the tuck that happened in January happened against the Jets in, earlier in the year. Huh. Or it was like a similar play. So yeah, it okay. might have been this game, actually.
2: Wow. Uh plus Nitro's first hour doesn't have competition. Doesn't have uh, competition from the Monday Night Football game. Basically, there were a lot of things working against Raw that night, and they still beat him by three ratings points. Uh meanwhile, Nitro did its highest opposed rating since January, likely due to return of Ric Flair and the wedding. Since <laughs> January. <laughs>
3: we're almost at the end. They're going back to the beginning.
2: <laughs> yep. Well, this next story is, uh... Oh, this is fun to see where this ended up. Well, Steve Austin and Deborah, as well as Jerry Lawler and The Cat, are expected to get married this month. I sure hope those crazy kids can make it.
3: Man. One's gonna walk out, and one's gonna go to jail.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, one of them is going to, uh, abuse her, bro. Not to make light of it, but... uh,
3: An abuser, bro. This is real, folks. He really says this crap.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, he he says all this
1: allegedly.
2: But yeah, yeah. We got um,
3: two people that work with him saying the same thing on different podcasts. I'm gonna think it's true.
2: It, it very well uh, could be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, one of them is gonna abuse his wife. The other one's gonna get cheated on uh, by, or like his wife is gonna cheat on him with multiple men again allegedly but you know I like by the way how Jerry Lawler stuck by his wife to the point of where he even quit his job for her just to show solidarity and how does he get repaid uh, she bangs a bunch of dudes behind his back you know because his got back though <laughs> yeah, right. yeah so he got rid of the cheater got his job back
3: so oh, we know that good. one of them
2: wasn't in the coffin at least yeah Oh, man. That, uh, that sucks, man. Well, while, while Jerry Lawler's out there hitting the pile driver in the ring, she's getting. Uh, anyway. Good Lord. Moving on. Uh, oh,
3: for the love of Kenny Omega.
2: <laughs> wow. The Rock has pulled out of a starring role in an untitled sci fi action movie that would have earned him $5 million, which I'm not joking, is Chump changed it to him now. But. Uh, Given the timing,
3: we we never know what the, what it was.
2: They don't say, but given the timing, this had to have been the one which ended up starring Jet Li. Do you remember that? That uh, that was a big thing. He said he turned that role down.
3: I don't. I don't know what the hell that movie is.
2: So, I watched it with my dad when it first came out. It's it's not a bad movie if you like sci-fi action flicks, whatever. Basically, like uh, Jet Li's character discovers. Uh, there are multiple universes with him in it, and he figures out how to travel between them. And if he kills another version of himself, I've seen
3: this he... one. It's called uh, Spider-Man.
2: Wow. Far from if, Home. He ki- if he kills another version of himself, then the other versions become more powerful. So he just keeps going to different universes and killing different versions of himself to make himself more powerful. And that's why it comes down to him and one other Jet Li. And they're both equally matched. So it's him fighting himself. And it's pretty awesome. But
3: looking at this cast, I'm going to say that Jason Statham re- replaced The
2: Rock. No, Jet Lee replaced The Rock.
3: Well, that's not, that doesn't make any damn sense.
2: Well, you it, tell was, me. it wasn't. It, they completely changed the role when he turned it down because it was originally going to be like. Well, I'll you buy know,
3: that uh, because I don't buy uh, Jet Lee replacing The Rock, but Jason Statham I have no problem. But,
2: well, it was going to be. Originally, it was going to be, you know, like. um... They were basically going to treat the, the role like if, if like it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger type and he was going to be like fighting and brawling himself. And then after he turned it down, then they switched it to more like uh, karate fighting, whatever, and martial arts. So but yeah, it was yeah, the it, uh, it wasn't a bad movie. If anybody goes back, checks it out, it doesn't get a lot of play. But uh, I feel like uh, many of the Rock's movies back in the day, this would have kind of got thrown. It's like, oh, yeah, he did that. Whatever. But either way, Shawn Michaels is telling people that he's back. To it's
3: 200- funny that he would have worked with Satham back then and been reunited with them for the uh, Fast and Fears movies.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> but Shawn Michaels is telling people that he's back to 215 pounds and has been training hard for the last few months because he's itching to get back into things. Back
3: when the hell has he ever been that high? No
2: pun intended. Uh, eh, he's... See, everybody talks about how short he is, and I mean... By big, giant WWF guy standards, yeah, he's like what six foot, six one, something like that. So he's he's kind of short. He's not that short, like in the grand scheme of like average human beings. Uh, but yeah, he he walks around about two fifteen ish. But they said, uh, and I've seen photos of it, and Pritchard talked about after he left WWF, and he just went back down to Texas. Apparently. He didn't get, like, fat or anything, but for Shawn Michaels standards, he got pretty pudgy. And he put on... Oh,
3: when you go to Texas and all they eat is meat down there. Yeah.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Whether he'll wrestle one last match or not is still uncertain. Yeah, one or, you know, 600. I'll
3: go have another prime of his career.
2: Yeah, right. I feel like, and obviously, he had great matches in the 90s that people love and remember. I feel like more people fondly remember the matches from his comeback than anything. Like, yeah. Am I wrong?
3: No. I'm, I think there like might he, have been more people watching then. He also had... Yeah, I remember his, his first prime was, what, 95 to 97?
2: Yeah-ish, yeah.
3: And they weren't exactly <laughs> like, uh, breaking record numbers on there on USA or nothing.
2: Yeah, right. Well, and, and you got to think... Uh, WrestleMania. He he was always quote unquote Mister WrestleMania, whatever. But you think about the matches he had in his WrestleMania career before he left. I mean, I know he had a good match at eight and ten, and I obviously that one against Bret. We had
3: the best match at nine, actually.
2: Yeah, but that bar was on the floor. Uh, so but yeah, you know, but still, he he did have the best match there. And obviously 12. And then 14. It's rem- it, it wasn't a great match. But it was the most remembered match. And then after that.
3: Great came- commentary at 13.
2: Yeah right. But he comes back after that. And almost every Wrestlemania match he had. In his comeback. Was freaking just earth shattering. Just good stuff pal. Good crap pal.
3: Good. That's and the power and- of Kenny Omega. I, I mean God. Well same thing.
2: Him and him The Rock. Or not The Rock, gosh, uh, I wish. Uh, him and John Cena. Yeah, don't we all? Him and, him and Kurt Angle. Him and The Undertaker. Jericho. Him and Ric Flair. Jericho. Yeah, I mean, think of all those matches. Like, dude, some heavy it up,
3: you know, Take a minute to pick them all up.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, well, this will kind of put stuff into perspective of where we are. WWF revenue streams are almost perfectly balanced. Over the last fiscal year, they've made eighty-eight million dollars from live events, ninety million dollars from pay-per-view, ninety-four million dollars from licensing, and eighty-nine million dollars from TV deals and ad revenue.
3: Where's merch falling there?
2: Uh, what do they say? I've, um, well, they don't necessarily say merchandise, but uh, they they just say. They say li- that
3: they once cut off a million-dollar check for merchandise was the biggest one he's <laughs> ever seen in his life? <laughs>
2: I believe it, man. People still uh, buy his stuff to this day. They've remade his shirt at least twice, and he's got other versions of it and whatever. Dude, he was dude, still making bank on merchandise. Yeah, well, he was still making bank on new merchandise after he retired, and he was just the sheriff, like the. You know, I still
3: buy Michael Jordan shoes. As a, you know, fashion thing like, like that.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I still want to... I do not have a Stone Cold shirt. I need one. That's something uh, I... I need a 16 I...
3: shirt because I'm kind of proud of this. The other one got too big for me.
2: Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's like the NWO shirt, man. People still buy it. People still...
3: Uh, rock I love the stories day. when Bishop says little kids come up to him at autograph signings and tell him they want the NWO. <laughs>
2: Hell yeah, man.
3: <laughs> it's like yeah. you ain't even a spot when they're freaking company and it much less when that thing was hot
2: <laughs> yeah right it's like oh, i know you got peacock now but it's like you think they pull that up it's like um i was watching an old uh anime the other day from like the early 2000s i think it was dragon ball z and i'm like oh my god the animation style on this is just like like horrible <laughs> compared to today and it's like the same thing with uh i'm sure when a kid watches like old wcw they're like ew <laughs> like this isn't hd
3: I've been binge watching the old X Men movie, uh, sorry, uh, cartoon to get ready for X Men 97 coming out. Mm-hmm. Like, man, this, this was horrible, the animation.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the time, well, as a kid, I didn't think anything of it because that's just how it was. And now we're all spoiled. Well, you also remember... have the,
3: the factory and you're watching on like a high definition now. Right. Back then, that was on a CRT TV, so it's just whatever. I...
2: Well, it, this was a meme for a while, too, where uh, it was like, oh, uh, back in the back in the day, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, these graphics on this video game look so real. And then they'll show and it's like a blocky looking like pixel yeah. figure.
3: Like, man, like, PS one was groundbreaking at one point. And I, was I like, know. Ugly as hell.
2: Yep. I remember uh, my aunt. I think my aunt walked into a room when I, we were having a family get together. and We were like trading the controller back and forth playing Madden. My aunt walked in and thought like a, a football game was on because the graphics look good i'm like if she can only see like what it looks like now it's like good <laughs> lord that was like 20 years ago getting into the wcw side of things now vince russo has been telling people be that <laughs> despite what both are saying publicly uh, eric bischoff did indeed meet with brad siegel last week to discuss purchasing wcw Russo said that Bischoff has been trying to buy it since April. Apparently, a Japanese promotion is also said to be interested, although Uncle Dave isn't sure which one. I'm sure, we can all assume. Uh, but, dude, no, okay. really? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say probably New Japan, but I could be wrong. Uh, the 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 thing is, and I don't know if I or no I, I left this one story out because we really wouldn't have much to say about it. New Japan business is down right now it's like maybe get your own house in order before you think about buying a uh, another organization in another country on the other side of the world but you know I
3: could have had plans to merge them too
2: yeah well it, that that's just me thinking so you know me right yeah yeah
3: <laughs> I mean I say it to you all the time but...
2: oh well yeah but yeah it, like this seems like such a, a bitch move like Vince Russo's like Bro, I know what they're saying, but I know better. Bischoff is is going to trying to buy this thing. He's been meeting with my boss, bro. It's like, why are you at liberty to say this crap in public?
3: All the stuff that guy's ever done, this is what you're attacking.
2: I've in my defense, I've attacked him for much worse stuff than this. I'm just saying, like, good grief. And
3: going off war about to see you will again.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's just so stupid. It's like, no, really, it's no. Like, uh wait you take know, that you're just back. Gonna, and it's like the the just the and I don't know if this is like um uh, admirable or like uh something to put him down about. It's like just the balls on this guy. It's like Brad Siegel is his boss, and he's coming out and saying one thing, and then he turns oh, around in the public oh, well, in the,
3: we know he's on his way out though, so you got to take that into account. he might know right
2: too. yeah I, I i'm I'm hoping he does because brad siegel like i said his boss is coming out in public saying no nah, I, I haven't had any talks with uh eric and then he then uh vince russo turns around and he's like bro he's lying bro <laughs> <laughs> like wow okay uh. maybe he thought bischoff was definitely gonna buy it and can his ass i don't know oh man you think with this guy <laughs> You think Eric Bischoff uh you know the, the day he fired Honky Tonk Man was the happiest day of his life. Wait till he got to fire Vince Russo. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, might have had he might have had that one uh videotaped and run on a loop in his office while he touched himself.
3: Oh, you're really hammered at home.
2: <sighs> yeah. You oh, looked right in his tr- face and said, "You're fired." All well, Vincent McMahon, like
3: Well, what you think a banana?
2: <laughs> while eating the corn cob from the long end but yeah. Uh, anyway uh bret hart is the you had to latest, make it weird
3: huh?
2: yeah i made it weird uh bret hart is the latest oh, i didn't help. by wcw for arriving late to a show oh, so he was
3: late huh i've heard that's a, been a thing with him forever
2: yeah, I was going to say, uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about that. He said, ever since, like, the, the mid-90s, people would be like, where the hell is Brett? And he would show he's doing up his like— his hair. You think that hair was, curls itself? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he just, like, dunks his head underwater and is like, good.
3: Uh, you got to work hard to get your hair that shiny and curly. He's not Mexican.
2: Dude, I think it's like— nat- Yeah, he's it, got that was like that. <laughs> He's got that. He's got that Dolph Ziggler, Mr. Perfect style hair, where it's like he just like soaks it, and then like as it dries out, it gets poofier. So like you ever notice like Dolph Ziggler, like his hair is all straight and combed and everything, and then like as it dries out, he's got like a fro. Yeah, Mr. Perfect was the same damn uh,
0: way. Uh, I think
3: SummerSlam '91 is a good example of that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and uh, Brett. Bret Hart, I think, was the same way, but, like, damn, like, Brett was always, you know, going off about how unprofessional Shawn Michaels is, and they're like, uh, can you maybe just show up on time? He's like, whoa, like, back up, okay? Like, what do you mean? I got to show up and, like, be here? Like, uh, that's a lot to ask, man.
3: That's, yeah, I mean, now you're asking too much, and you're like, give me that 20 million or a 20-year contract at yeah, this time. Right.
2: And maybe you can show up and, you know, be present. Ah, yeah. yeah you know what? Ah, I don't That's know. It's not going to
3: work for me, eh? Yeah,
2: I don't, yeah. That doesn't work for me, buddy. I'm not your buddy, gah. Anyway, continuing on with WCW here. There's believed to be a hiring freeze right now in WCW, so don't expect anybody new anytime soon. Oh, well, I wonder why. <laughs> You don't want to have more I'm trying to, think, to this shit show? I'm trying
3: to think if anyone joins them. I don't think they
2: do. Uh, Nobody that matters. So. Anymore. Why Why would you just throw more, name to, more names into this hat of bullshit? Oh, like, I mean, just...
3: there's a company currently on the same network doing, the, doing that right now.
2: Oh, man. There so, you go. Yep. Well... Vampiro is out for a while because his wife is going through a complicated pregnancy and could give birth at any moment. It, I mean, is he really out is, because he's... What is this news from? Because he's on this show. I know. So I was going to say... <laughs> but... I don't freaking know, man. But several of Shawn Michaels' students worked dark matches at Thunder, including Michael Shane. Oh, Maverick, Matt Bentley, man.
3: So no Spanky or, uh, Daniel, or Brian Danielson?
2: Nope. Michael Shane.
3: I only got the one that matters,
2: right? Oh, well, yeah.
3: Kevin Nash is also so nepotism. There you go.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, Vince Russo suffered a concussion a few months back and got rocked again in the head when Cat potatoed him with a kick on Nitro.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was an accident.
2: Uh, don't worry, he's not hurting anything valuable. It's just his <laughs> brain.
3: <laughs> what
2: brain? Yeah, you know, there's an old saying that says, "No sense, no feeling." So oh.
3: you know, when they when they when they took his brain out to operate on after the first concussion, they didn't put it back. That's what happened.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Vince Russo is like, he was just like, bro, don't don't worry about hitting me in the head, bro. My my brains are already made of pudding.
3: Oh, man. Bro, He take get, the sauce, bro. New York, bro.
2: <laughs> didn't he get concussed when he got, like, speared through the cage door or something?
3: Yep. Despite wearing a football helmet, by the way.
2: <laughs> like a moron. Dude, how do you get concussed? Like, well, I guess football players get oh, concussed. Bo- so.
3: Goldberg's a 300-pound man. He's a little stick boy, so.
2: Big old beefy effing man. <laughs> But there's some backstage debate on whether Johnny Ace should be put in charge instead of Vince Russo. A lot of better in-ring guys want Ace since they figured that he would book the show to, be, uh, to better take advantage of their skills, while many of the young guys who are getting pushed for the first time in their careers obviously want to keep Russo in charge.
1: Uh, hey, Mike,
3: you're looking above average. Now, what are your
1: picks for you? <laughs> Hey, guys, uh, I was thinking about pushing that Mike Awesome guy. First of all, it's right in the name. He's awesome. Second of all, God, look at that tan. He's vascular as well. (laughs) And and he let me oil his packs. Calabunga, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He also is a fat chick thriller. And as we all know, I love me some fat chicks just as much as the next guy. Calabunga, dude. Uh, No, I've seen his wife. No. Yeah. (laughs) More cushion for the pushing. Hey, Mike. Cowabunga. Oh, man.
3: <laughs> this is the creep that know. signed the two girls that are now our stepdaughters because he thought they were hot. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right. Hey, Vince. I was going through this lingerie catalog and I saw these two hot Latina chicks with big boobs. I thought maybe they'd let me oil their pecs. I mean, uh, maybe they'd look good on TV. Cowabunga, Vince.
3: One day I want to be their daddy. <laughs>
1: Oh
2: man. Uh,
3: that's creepy.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, moving on. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, man.
3: No, this is made up, folks. Go look.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, not good. Believe me, not good.
3: <laughs> All the stuff we're saying about Johnny Ace imitating him. that might have been made up, but
2: him yeah. high-
3: not being their dad is not a not made up.
2: Uh nope. In fact. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> either way uh the number one priority in wcw right now is budget cutting not ratings or attendance or drawing money just cutting costs
3: yeah that's a lot clear of- it's day i could believe all of that
2: yep not a rating, lot of the- not attendance yeah
3: yeah that all place
2: well a lot of the top stars like lex luger diamond dallas page scott hall etc are all sing- sitting at home collecting big guaranteed contracts but WCW has decided not to use them because their deals also stipulate that they fly first class and their hotels and road costs are paid for. So by not using them, WCW gets to save on those costs, at least. What's that list again? Uh, let's see. Lex Luger, DBP, Scott Hall. He'll
3: come back. He will never come back.
2: Yeah, Scott Hall is gone wow. forever, bro. Lex Luger was, I mean, yeah, he came back, but... Uh, he was causing some issues around this time, him and Liz. Uh, so DDP never caused issues ever. I realize he's making some money, but good grief. they are like, so they're well, looking the at this. you l- save lives
3: well, later, but
2: yeah, right. Well, they're looking at this list of like big stars and they're like, uh, we can only afford like, uh, two of them. Let's see, uh, Ric Flair and sting. The rest of you stay home.
3: Never oh, now, sorry. Yeah, I have a nasty. Yeah. Huge. Check.
2: Yeah, it's, sorry. There was also Kevin Nash. I'm going to say probably Scott Hall. Or not Scott Hall, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner was probably making anybody a that of money.
3: took forever to get WWE after it closed, they were all sitting home
2: <laughs> <or getting paid. laughs> Yeah, right. I think Rey Mysterio was the only one that, I mean, I'm assuming he made some good money here because he sat his ass at home for a while. But I don't but know. He
3: was the, was the one I heard that took the... Uh, payout from them to go to WWE. Boy, did that work out well.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it all worked out in the end for him, but it's like... He's got
3: two Hall of Fame rings, and his school is a feeding ground for new talent.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, so like I said... Something. It's something, right. Yeah, it's like, I'm not shedding a tear for him. He did well for himself. But, like, when you think back, it's like, man, maybe he should have waited it out. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know. Like, selfishly, I enjoyed having him there because he was like an actual WCW like talent and not just like, oh, yeah, you were one of the new guys on the undercard.
3: Talent being the keyword.
2: Yeah, right. But getting into this uh, next segment of the show now, it is a return of. This week in ECW. If I may, sir. Yeah, uh, this does not involve. Uh. Legalities, so his uh, his jewish father lawyer will not have to get involved but but he's always watching oh exactly
3: it's like the angels on your shoulder he's always watching
2: yeah right Do jews believe in angels
3: <laughs> i don't know how that goes
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know but ecw's long discussed plans of running monthly pay-per-views is starting next month right now they're hey, hey,
3: them... they the a good time huh
2: yeah right <laughs> Well, right now they run them bi-monthly, but they have events scheduled for October, November, and December. Looking ahead next year, there's fifty-two, and, 52- and that's it. Well, there's Sorry. fifty-two weeks in a year, and at this rate, thirty-six of those Sundays will have wrestling paper views in two
3: thousand one. <laughs> Damn, that ain't bad. Yeah, not quite. I think we're going to be covering
1: uh, November,
3: yeah, November you see that behavior, right? It's
2: coming up. Yeah. I. God, I, I'm going to say, like, if that had happened, like, I don't think it would have went well for most. Because you think about it, they said... For anybody not
3: under Vince McMahon, yeah.
2: Right, yeah, because I said 36 Sundays out of 52 would have wrestling. So let's just, let's just
3: average that up to about 30 bucks a piece back then. Yeah. That's $90. Nobody's going to What's buy all those. Let's just call it 90 bucks. Hold
2: on. There
3: are 90 very... bucks times twelve months. That's gonna cost you one thousand eighty dollars. Yeah. Get the f
2: out. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just you walk into the cable company and you're like, Sir, here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper and I will pay it. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no thanks, man. Get
3: yeah, let's be fucked. honest, ECW would have been dragging up the rear with those, by the way.
2: Yeah, oddly uh. enough. <laughs> yeah, I would have rather ordered a WC, or an ECW pay-per-view in 2001 than I would have WCW. Although I will say WCW started doing some, like, Greed was not terrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Maybe they would have pulled the nose up and did some decent stuff under Bischoff. I, I really don't know.
3: Well, Sin was a sin, so there's that.
2: Right. There's also the factor you got to think after Bischoff took over, would they even be doing monthly pay per views? Or would he have just kind of reshaped everything? There is that. Yeah.
3: So, I don't Funny know. Enough, th- 2023, I think, or 2024, I think AW's going to monthly pay per views. This one tweeted right. Really? T- Apparently, TNT wants <sighs> them to do monthly ones. As part of the New Deal, I don't know if it's sure or not because I'll read that crap. I just saw what someone tweeted. But.
2: So, why would TNT give a shit? Like I they get more revenue. I, I don't know. Well, they don't get. I mean, unless I they have know. something in a unless they have something in a contract where they get a share of the pay per views, but that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know because I have zero clue. Because they stream, don't they stream on like uh, Bleacher Report or something?
3: And Fight TV, and, um... You know, this could also be a if if they have a vested interest. This could also be a sign that they're going to Max. so is that.
2: Yeah, that's just me Absolutely. spitballing. But. Yeah, I mean, if they start streaming pay per views on Max, I then I could see it's like okay, that makes more sense. But man, I, I don't know. Sounds like there. seems like an ill advised plan to me. But what the hell do I know? Either way, well, you
3: got to remember like. As far as traditional pay per view goes, they're the only dog in the game because he's on Peacock, UFC's on ESPN Plus.
2: Yeah, that's true. But Rustler's and ECW. Hold on, before I continue, brace yourself for this one. All right, are you sitting down? I am. All right, because I don't, I don't want this to shock you so bad you tr- fall <laughs> and you faint or anything.
3: Oh my god, I love this lead
2: in. <laughs> The wrestlers in ECW weren't paid again this week. Oh, my God. Uh, what? Yeah, That's we, never happened. Yeah. Uh, no. Just, uh, no. That, uh, I, don't, I don't believe you. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever.
1: Liar, whore. Liar, whore. You know
2: it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, what the hell
3: is that from again?
2: Uh, it's from some movie with Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. I think <laughs> it's called The Boy or something. <laughs> but... <laughs>
3: As, uh, as opposed to the little truth-telling whores, you know?
2: Well, you know, hey, just because you're one doesn't mean you're the other, all right?
3: I, I, I'm not touching that, but...
2: <laughs> just to be fair. That's what she said. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> Paul Heyman held a meeting at the latest TV tapings and told everyone that the company is essentially surviving week-to-week on a shoestring budget until they can get a new TV deal. Again, I don't believe <laughs> you. of Ron Burgundy. Uh... But Paul Heyman said that everyone will be paid in a few days, but since they ran a lot of shows in Canada recently – I love this excuse – there's a bit of a delay in getting the money to and uh, having it converted to U.S. currency and deposited in the bank so that they can send out checks.
3: Well, that's a real thing. I can tell you for a fact because when I got back from Canada, I got hit with the uh, uh, thing in my bank account that was uh, international exchange rate. So it does happen.
2: Wow. All right, then. Well, the wrestlers have been paid or have been uh one pay period behind for months now, and recent checks have been postdated until the following week. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, only I mean it's not good, but only one pay period behind isn't like the worst well, for,
3: for them, yeah.
2: Yeah, for them that's not bad. That's almost up to date.
3: That's almost ahead of the curve, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Heyman told the roster that he will be going to Los Angeles next week to close a deal and said that he won't come back to New York until a deal is finalized.
3: Oh, he'll go to New York. All right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so much for getting a deal finalized. But anyway.
3: Yeah, about that.
2: Yeah. Most people feel that an ECW USA Network deal is almost final, but it's be- it's being held up by the ongoing appeal of the WWF TNN decision. If slash when USA loses their appeal, then an ECW deal is expected to be finalized.
3: Get that <sighs> thing <team> up <of> again?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> not quite. It's not very often you could use that twice in one segment, but...
2: Yeah, right. Um. Well, Heyman also said that there's a good chance next weekend's house shows in Des Moines, Omaha, and Sioux City will likely be canceled. Ticket sales are weak for all three shows, and ECW isn't in a position where they can afford to go on the road and do money-losing shows. Several ECW stars are said to have made inquiries to WCW about getting a job because the future of ECW is so uncertain. Okay, last couple of things I want to break down there. Des Moines? Okay, maybe. But Omaha? And Sioux City. Like really, these are the places ECW thinks are gonna draw a crowd. Like maybe WWF or WCW. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want to
3: get anyone pissed I lose that lives there that might be listening, but yeah, that sounds perfect for that stupid company.
2: Omaha, Nebraska? I don't think they even know what ECW is.
3: I'm just saying it's 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 not like a big destination spot, so why wouldn't you run there?
2: Well that that's the point. They're such a small company well, I mean, no nobody no, knows
3: I a mean, destination usually means people are traveling to the show i just mean like it's a small city you know right. they probably they probably got the place for cheap there's that
2: right but if there's not enough people there that know what your product is or if they do know about it give a damn about it like what's like who gives a crap like des moines iowa maybe but like you th- you think about this iowa nebraska and i think sioux city is in south dakota like there would have been there yeah, it's like you're holding shows out in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, oh, nobody's showing up. I, I, you don't say.
3: There was a Sturgis. They have a nice little uh, uh, attendance rating when they have wrestling shows there.
2: Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> I'm sure they went for the wrestling, too. <laughs> well, they went. Well, they went to see if there's anybody a little too dark in that. Uh, I wonder
3: how well New Jack would have went over in Sturgis.
2: <laughs> I don't know if he would have made it out alive. I mean, he would have went down stabbing, but, you know, I don't know if he would have made it out alive. life. <laughs> uh, but that last thing here. Anybody these
3: making this up, go listen to Booker T talk about it, he'll tell you.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, but several ECW stars are said to have made inquiries to WCW about getting a job.
4: Why?
3: Well, you got, any, you got any names on there?
2: No.
4: Uh,
3: because I, I, I'm pretty sure that we did that. Uh, match with Kuiwi and what's his name? Uh, Jason
2: Jett, right? Oh, he yeah, went. Some, that's coming up. Yeah, greed. So yeah, if- I, I mean, I get that, but logically speaking, like you look at ECW. <laughs> I know using logic. It's like you look, you look what's at WWF you? and you look at WCW. First of all, WWF has more programming than if, like, even if you're jobbing out on Sunday Night Heat, like it's it's something. And you're getting paid. Why would you want to jump to WCW at this time? Like, maybe they hey, thought... Let me,
3: let, me, let me put you back to a conversation we just recently had. Why would anyone want to keep going back to Impact?
2: Ugh, man. Listen,
3: charming sons of bitches, probably.
2: The excuse I, I always hear is like, oh, well, they let them have so much freedom, and it's just fun. And that's like, why
3: the show sucks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, alright, well, I mean, I guess I get it, but... Either way, moving on with the ECW stuff here. Speaking of the recent Canada shows for ECW we mentioned this guy earlier Easy Money. Easy Money and Prodiget. I, I don't know who that is. Uh, were,
3: uh, uh, is Easy Money Jason Jet? Was that who was an arrow?
2: Easy Money is Jason Jet.:
3: So it's not what I thought.
2: Yeah, let me see. Prodiget Angel, Orsini. Uh, it's a oh, woman. Angel from the Baldies. No, it's a woman. Oh, I have. I, she might have been with.
3: Is she all the, the way live.
2: Uh, yeah, but I don't know. She she must have been with their little group. What the, what the hell were they called?
3: I don't think they had a name. It was Confederate Currency Easy Money? hills was arrow? I don't think they had a name. I know way too much about this company that I hate.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I thought they had a name, but I could be wrong. Either way, uh, they were the only two stars who weren't able, stars. God, uh, who weren't able to cross the border into Canada. Today, because
3: Troy's liberal with vocabulary.
2: Well, they weren't able to cross the border into Canada because one of them has a prior criminal conviction and they were traveling together uh okay
3: (laughs) we've seen this a lot
2: yeah uncle dave says that that was actually some he says that was actually something of a shock because half of the ecw roster has criminal records and a lot of them were surprised themselves (laughs) that they managed to get into the country
3: all right dave i apologize that was funny (laughs)
2: oh man sad part is he's not being i know funny about it you ready for this laundry list man Tommy Tommy Dreamer seems to have seriously injured his shoulder in Cleveland, and there's concern of a torn rotator cuff, which could require surgery and take months to heal. He's definitely out of the pay-per-view, and most of the matches are now having to be rearranged because the TV plans were to shoot angles. What pay-per-view is this? Uh, Whatever one's coming up in in September or October, I guess. October would be... But the TV plans were to... Uh, they were to shoot angles leading to Dreamer and Steve Carino versus C.W. Anderson, Swinger, and Simon Diamond. Speaking of which, C.W. By the way, that's that match just sounds awesome. Okay. I, okay,
3: C.W. was a damn good wrestler, but I'll give you the rest.
2: <laughs> C.W. was C.W. was okay. Uh, Swinger was okay. Diamond was okay. Dreamer and Carino were good. Uh, well, Carino uh, was I, really I, I good, but prime.
3: I think Corino was great, but.
2: Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I, I see this, this uh, uh, match on paper, and I just think...
3: Shut up and take my money! I was <laughs> like, you know, I like ice cream pizza, but I don't want ice cream on my pizza. I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but speaking of which, C.W. Anderson's shoulder is injured also, so that messes things up, too.
3: Ironically, uh, Justin, him Dreamer would have a match at the last pay-per-view a couple months later. Yeah, so It can be that Let's bad, see, huh?
2: To see whose shoulder is better... Uh, just incredible has a broken finger, but won't miss any time. Yeah, I mean, that you can just kind of tape up. Uh, Kid Cash broke his nose, but has continued working. Scotty Anton has bruised ribs. And Tony Mamaluke has hip and rib problems. Oh, oh. not. You mean we're going to be out Scotty Anton and Tony Mamaluke? No! I
3: wonder why this company is about to fold. Now it all comes together.
2: Yeah right. Why is Scotty Anton not leading the charge of this company, man? Damn it!
3: You shut off. <laughs> <up. laughs> I wasn't ready for that.
2: <laughs> Scotty Riggs, man. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, Paul Heyman has expressed <laughs> Paul Heyman has expressed interest in bringing in Michael Shane. Two mentions, one podcast. Boom. Not even a TNA show. <laughs> but. Uh, listen to the phrasing of the story. Paul Heyman has expressed interest in bringing in Michael Shane, who is the cousin of Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and train at his school. Oh, man. Uh, Heyman also wants to bring in Teddy Hart, who is Bret Hart's nephew.
3: Oh, uh, wow! It, and it doesn't. I, take I pause a, on that one.
2: And it does take a genius to see how you could book a feud between these two. However. Heyman is aware that he would need to establish them as stars first before leading up to that. Oh, well, then, if you want to establish stars, there's the place to go.
3: Why are you sounding sarcastic when you say that?
2: You know, because I'm I'm sure, I mean, Teddy Hart, maybe. But Michael Shane in ECW.
3: Think about it. It's not that far fetched. I
2: was going to say, maybe he would have actually flourished there. I mean, as much as you can flourish in ECW. Uh,
3: I don't know. Not as much as a nice daisy in the Vegas sun, but, you know, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you think about some of the guys that were in ECW that's like, where the hell else would, uh, I can't even think, Joey Matthews and uh, the other one. Crap, what's his Christian name in his tech? Yeah. Uh, what, what was it? Christian York. Yeah, Christian York. Uh, where the hell else would be?
3: about him. I'm I were the only
2: ones who knew that the hell he was in TNA, but yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like nobody would have given a damn about them anywhere else, but I mean, we remember them doing well in ECW, so there's that. Uh, speaking of Teddy Hart, though, Bad News Allen. Oh, Alan, do we got to keep.
1: With, well,
2: <laughs> uh, Bad News Allen, who works with Stampede, has said that he thinks Teddy will end up being the best wrestler to ever come from the Hart family. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Good God. He's
3: he's the toughest guy in the prison. yard. We'll give him that.
2: Uncle Dave says pretty much everyone who has seen him work has had unanimous praise for Teddy Hart's in-ring ability. But on the flip side, almost nobody has nice things to say about his overall attitude and maturity, which is what cost him his WWF developmental deal a while back. Yeah, it's not any better. He could have been like, even Bruce Prichard says, dude, he could have been a star. Like we would have done something with him. He was great. He had the name. He had the ability. He had a unique look, bro. But
3: Yeah, I'm just, stuck on the name. I mean, yeah, that that's all for that's all you need to know.
2: Yeah, but he's a douche.
3: <laughs> he
2: can't keep When you have a clean. Twitter
3: account dedicated to if you're in jail or not, yeah, that kind of cements it.
2: Right. Yikes, man. Yikes. But I think <laughs> A fan in Raleigh, North Carolina, filed a lawsuit against Paul Heyman, Rob Van Dam, and the owner of the Ritz Theater for allegedly for alleged injuries he suffered at a house show there in February of 1999. Holy well, I crap, was, dude! <laughs> I was wrong, by the way. Here's where the Jewish father lawyer comes in. Uh, <laughs> so I stand corrected.
3: My Jewish father the lawyer said you did not get hurt. You staked that whole thing.
2: The lawsuit alleges that RVD did a flip into the crowd. That tracks, which sent, the fan, which sent the fan to the hospital with permanent back and leg injuries. Oh, God. The lawsuit also alleges that RVD was under the influence of drugs. No.
3: Well, oh, hold on. <laughs> Herbs are not
2: drugs. Well, he was That's under the up. influence. So <laughs> it was under the influence of something that altered his state of mind. So. Uh, and it argues that ECW promotes the use of marijuana and LSD. BD for the weed, Spike Dudley for the acid specifically. Uh, I mean, promotes? I don't know about promotes. Maybe? I don't know. How do you... I guess it depends on how you define promotes.
3: Well, he's always talking about it and stuff. I guess that is promoting. Gotta give him that, but...
2: Yeah. Oh. And Spike Dudley's movie is called The Acid Drop, so...
3: Like I told you, I was, I was like 16, 17, and I realized what that meant. <laughs> Why the hell did you do the Deadly Dog? Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, but I don't know what happens with this lawsuit, but all of that sounds totally legit. Last story I got out of uh, EC Dub here. Justin Credible was interviewed on the Observer Live show and talked about the XPW incident at ECW's pay-per-view in July, now in the archives. Uh, Credible talked about it happening right as the match with Tommy Dreamer was about to start and said that he tried to ignore it because he didn't want to sell what they were doing. However, he admitted that it screwed up the 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 planned main event because they ended the show early Uh, due to an ongoing brawl happening in the parking lot at the same time with ECW and XPW wrestlers. And he said that he and Dreamer only got to do about 40% of what they had planned because of it.
3: Oh, man, I I bet you that 60% is what took away from the Smash being a five-star classic.
2: Yeah, that's like... God. That's like when uh, The Undertaker complained that the Undertaker versus Undertaker match at SummerSlam 1994 was cut... Is like <laughs> yeah. more was cut by more than 50% because of the cage match between Brett and Owen Hart. Like, oh man, she'd
3: really be complaining it. or she you be taking them both the case of beer saying thank you?
2: Yeah, it's like, oh man, you saved us from more long suffering. <laughs> uh, how can I thank you? Jeez Louise, man. <sighs> yeah, that was that was about to be a five star classic in, a, in the Tokyo Dome. Let me tell you, stairway to hell, everybody. God, it's, uh, it was something to behold. I'll say that. But anyway, let's go to Japan real quick. Hey, check check this uh, this opening out here. Rookie young lion Hiroshi Tanahashi is out for the next few months after suffering some sort of broken bone.
3: Jeez, he's that old
2: or goes <laughs> back that far? Yep. Yeah, he was in the New Japan dojo at this time, two thousand man. Yeah, he's been a, he's been wrestling for a while. He's uh he's getting up there. That's why the last time we saw him, he was just
3: yeah. meh. It's not good. Uh, not good.
2: Yeah. Or uh, do you mean uh, not good? Believe me, not good. That be the MJ, one. MJF had to carry his ass, and I never thought I would say that about Tanahashi, but. Here's a guy, we, we brought up uh, somebody else that was a subject of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Well, here's this guy. Atsushi Onita's latest retirement scheme is that he wrestled what was allegedly his retirement match in Japan. Allegedly! His <laughs> retirement match in Japan. Uh, but, uh, and he was saying that he would never wrestle in the country again. But now he's trying to book shows featuring you himself. Promise? He's trying to book uh, shows featuring himself at U.S. Army bases throughout Japan, arguing that since the matches would take place on U.S. government property, he wouldn't technically be wrestling in Japan.
3: Um, no.
2: That's some cheap loophole BS, man. What a carny fool. Good grief, man. And you know what? The U.S. Army gets a little jumpy when things blow blow up around them, all right? Just gonna say. So... That's probably not a good plan, Onita.
3: And they are, you know, trained to quickly fire back, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. There are a couple of new promotions starting up soon. Fox Sportsnet is running shows from the World Sumo Wrestling League with the idea of creating characters like pro wrestling and mixing in popular music. Man, that sounds like it should be on ESPN 8 The Ocho. <laughs> But the other is a revival of the old GLOW called Women of Wrestling, or WOW, Uh, headed by Uh, David McLean, the guy who created GLOW, and POW, Powerful Women of Wrestling. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's P.O. for powerful, so he cheated a little bit, but yeah. Uh, So the sumo thing never went anywhere. I know, I was shocked too. But WOW began... Disappeared for years, came back for a minute, disappeared again, then had a weekly show on Access TV from 2019 to 2020, and then went to Pluto TV and CW. (laughs) It's still the same company, by the way, ran by David McLean and everything. Man, talk about not wanting to die. Good lord.
3: I don't know. I I feel like if I watched this, I would want to die, but... (laughs)
2: Look, I'm not going to fault the guy if he... Like, it could be one of two things. Either he really loves himself some women's wrestling, which in that case, cool, whatever. You're giving women a job, you know, good stuff, whatever. On the other hand, it could just be that he's a giant perv. Bro, (laughs) that's
1: how you got to run, bro. Hey, boss, uh, I thought about hiring these bikini models. They'll let me me oil their pecs, and they've got (laughs) impeccable Starcade main eventing tans. Cowabunga, dude. Holy shit. Oh, man. Of course, they'll never main event, Starcade, because they're women,
2: and that don't fly. Anyway, God. Uh, Speaking of new promotions, Dusty Rhodes is running his own indie promotion called Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling. Cool. The first TV tapings will be next month and will air on local TV in Georgia. Ray Lloyd, a.k.a. Glacier, is champion, and they sometimes have appearances by Rhodes himself and Barry Windham, among others. Uh, man, I wonder if Glacier ever defended against Dink. Because, you know, <laughs> where can you ever see those two in the same place at the same time? You know
3: what? You keep joking, but we haven't, so
2: right. <laughs> Look, he is right, but uh, so what? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them where it's like, I'm right. <laughs> okay, who cares? Last story I got here. We want to talk about yeah that tracks. Here you go. I just
3: want to point out that Ray Lowe's in the very first every AEW pay-per-view, so he's still around.
2: Hell yeah. Uh, the last story here. Harley Race was arrested for boating while intoxicated at a lake in Missouri. In 1990, Again,
3: was a- things that track.
2: <laughs> yep. In nineteen ninety, Race was involved in a boating accident and several people were injured, and he was charged with negligence in that case. He was allegedly drunk then, too, but they we couldn't prove the it.
3: Archives. This is the second time I've heard about this.
2: Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which one. It was one of our 1990 shows, I believe. So go check that out. But yeah. So what is it? Once a decade, he has to get busted for driving a boat while drunk?
3: <laughs> how do you... How does that happen, by the way? Like, does someone pull the boat over? How do, how do you know? Like, because when you're on, like, the water, the waves are swinging back and forth, so it's not like car on the road.
2: How do you know? Yeah, it's like... Was he, like, stumbling all over and, like, having beer cans in his hand or whatever, and the Coast Guard just comes up? Pull it over. Like, (laughs) how does that even work, man? I'm confused, but. All minds want to know. Right. But anyway, that's the end of that, man. We got the event to get into now. Are you ready for this one? I kind of am. It'll be fun to talk about. We'll get into all of it. Right after this break.
4: Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector.
0: What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh another wrestling podcast how many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push who doesn't need a push who brings Vince's coffee these days enough the apron bump is about the journey it's about nostalgia it's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan the podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world whether it's wwf wwe wcw ecw we even cover the golden eras of ring of honor progress tna and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's WCW Fall Brawl 2000. Took place September 17th, 2000. The tagline, unedited, unpredictable, unbelievable. Uncensored. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. And meanwhile, all I could think is, right.
3: All I could think is, brawl. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, the venue is the HSBC Arena in Buffalo, New York. Attendance 8,638. Ouch. Uh, How many? Is it it? Uh, let's see. I feel like the same
3: name still, too.
2: Oh, it's the Key Bank Center. Holy shit. Uh, it holds about
3: 19,200. Good
2: lord. <laughs> well, that kind of blows my argument out of the way because I'm like, well, from the angles and whatever, it looks pretty full. So, yeah. Yeah, but, I say that uh, every Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is This is like half full for a pay-per-view. God. But it's got a buy rate of point sixteen for 75,000 buys. Oh, man. For that time, it wasn't... I mean, that's not the worst, but it's not good. All right? Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. but all the pyro lights off to start the show and then we get right into the opening match which is quite the change from old wcw where we sat with commentary for about five effing minutes but the first match it is prime time elix skipper with major guns defending the wcw cruiserweight title against queewee with papaya that's the queewee yeah this goes about 11 minutes Yikes! Uh, I, I say that the match was not bad, but went outside of the ring at one point. Skipper does an Asai moonsault and takes out a cameraman. This seems legit, so that cameraman was stupid. The natural born thrillers come out onto the stage at one point near the end. And you believe them, uh, Mister Above Average, Mike Sanders. You on, on Mike Sanders. <laughs> the on-again, off-again commissioner, because, you know, when I think uh, an entertaining guy that needs to be in multiple segments per show, I think Mike Sanders.
3: No? Well, that's what I yeah. think.
2: Oh, yeah, of course.
3: Sarcasm's offensive.
2: But Near the end, Papaya slaps Skipper right in front of the ref. No DQ. What the hell? But in the end, Elix chop blocks the front of Kiwi's knee. It's play of the day and wins. Uncle Dave gave this dose stars. I gave it three. Well, I liked it. What say you? I gave, it, I gave it three as well. Yeah, I like this bit more than Dave did. I, I thought it was uh, fairly entertaining. I mean, there was the one thing, like I said, with the slap in front of the referee where the ref was just like, ah, oh, well, I'll pretend that didn't happen. Other one of these
3: people is a Hall of Famer, by the way. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it's neither one of the participants in the ring.
3: <laughs>
2: Who like did more said, of this
3: match than she ever really did in her whole career in, in the ring?
2: Yeah, right. But we now go to commentary for a bit so that they can run down the rest of the show. Then we get the entrances for three sing. count. Yeah, right. We now get the entrances for three count. No one interrupts their stupid performance and the dancing yeah, we on get their some dots.
3: horrible dub music, by the way.
2: Right. Yeah, they just I w- I kept waiting. I was like, somebody's gonna come out, right? Now, 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 maybe now. i like, nope. They just keep effing going, man. They did a whole song. Ugh, God. But this next match is a six man tag. It's three. If you counts.
3: don't get on TRL. Go look it up, kids. Without <laughs> doing the whole performance.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, where's Tank Abbott? By the way, he's not out here with his nipples showing. But.
3: I think he's already gone back to the badass.
2: Oh, well, thank God. But it's three count of Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, and Evan Courageous. Nothing happening, Evan Courageous. (laughs) Taking on the MIA of Sergeant Wall, Lieutenant Loco, and Corporal Cation. Real names. Uh, It goes ten and a half minutes. So... This is a WCW 2000s match, so a table has to be set up outside the ring so that when Sergeant AWOL gets on the apron, he gets knocked off through the table. But in the end, yeah. Cor- Corporal Cajun hits the so, whiplash.
3: I know you're thinking, yes, Sergeant AWOL is just like a bitch. He trips over his own dick.
2: <laughs> yep. <And laughs> damn near every time, by the way. It's the wall, brother. But in the end, Corporal Cajun hits the whiplash on Shane for the win. For anybody wondering, uh, Corporal Cajun is Lash LaRue, hence the name Whiplash. So, anyway, I just felt the need to explain it. But Uncle Dave gave this two and three-quarter stars. I, maybe the table spot shaved off a quarter. I gave it three. I was entertained. What say you?
3: I gave it three. It was very fun.
2: I just, like, made fun of it and everything, but it was, it was fine. I didn't mind it. This next segment... I laughed. All right, I, I, I'll be honest. I laughed a little bit. You see footage from earlier in the day with Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, and Kevin Nash coming into the building, and they completely ignore yeah. him, a, a young boy <laughs> that asks for autographs. But then Kevin Nash asks the boy how much money he has, and he says a uh, dollar fifty. And Nash says, "You oh, know, why don't you go get yourself a soda?" <laughs> it's like a buck fifty for an autograph,
3: <laughs> fifty for a soda. What world is he living in?
2: Uh, Two thousand.
3: Still going to be hella high in arenas. But.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, unless... Well, he was backstage. They probably had uh, vending machines, maybe. I like
3: how know. it looked like they were all like, screw that kid, Nash is going to be the cool one and sign it. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. But up next, well, you get this. It is the Harris Boys of Ron and Don Harris. May or may on-
3: not be Nazis.
2: hey, you know what, man? I'm just proud of them. They left their hoods in the back, okay? good. Uh, they but they're taking on Chronic, which are just APA with weed. Uh, it is Brian Adams and Brian Clark. And it is a first blood chain Russian match. Russian Adam bomb. <laughs> exactly. Well,
3: no, it's a chain match at first, and then they had the first right. blood, right? Yeah. So
2: we have yeah, to put well, a hat on a hat. Yep. It's, uh, well, it goes for six and a half minutes. and Right here. They start... To start the already gimmicked up match, Brian Adams asks them to up the ante and make this a first blood match, which the Harris brothers agree to. So not just a chain, it's a first blood chain. <sighs> or in the words oh, of Doctor Dr- In the words of Doctor Evil. Right. Why would you have a
3: first blood match with something that can easily bust you open with one touch if hit hard enough?
2: Yeah, uh Well, both of them are big, it's like men That'd be like feet. if Biss
3: and Darby Allen had a thumbtack match in First Blood. <laughs> Wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, right. <sighs> well, God, uh, they all brawl throughout the entire arena, into the crowd, etc. You know, because it's always smart when you're swinging chains. Go right into the crowd. Uh, the Harris and, and
3: brothers... Bishop doesn't have a Jewish father lawyer. Yeah, or, well... So whoever was time, whatever
2: Turner. <laughs> well, the uh, the Harrises were were just looking to make sure they didn't hit any of the white fans. But anyway, good Lord, the, the ref ends up getting bumped. Not and the, the Harris brothers introduce a third hat on a hat, which is a barbed wire baseball bat. Yeah, they use that to bust open Brian Adams and win. Because, you know, a chain doesn't do enough. <laughs> you got to get barbed wire on a baseball bat.
3: <laughs> oh, man, I never thought about that.
2: <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I gave it dose. It was slightly below average. What say you?
3: I gave it one. We started taking the nosedive here. I'm having a decent show.
2: Yeah. I I don't know what else to say about this, but. After, we got to get an afterbirth, everybody. After the match, Chronic attacks the Harris brothers, sending them running. Chronic then hits the high times on the referee before leaving because, you know, it's his fault. Like, yeah, he will soon take
3: out the, the, the barbed wire bat in a match that's obviously no DQ, by the way.
2: Right. Yeah, what, what was he going to do? Disqualify him? Yeah, okay. But <laughs> here's my thing. Yet again, uh, the like chronic were the ones to introduce that stipulation. They didn't have to; they introduced it. They tripped over their own dicks and lost. So they beat up their opponents after the match and then choke slam the referee. You know what? That that's good stuff right there, man. That makes sense.
3: Again with the sarcasm, I just I don't get it.
2: Backstage, Pamela Paulshock is standing by. With the MIA men. Or what is it? Misfits Misfits in action. That's it. Uh, She asks General Rection. For his comments on tonight's match. Rection gives a super pro-American promo. And says that he's dedicating tonight's match. To his friend and mentor. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hell yeah. Duggan comes into frame. And says that he's going to be. uh, The special guest enforcer. For tonight's match.
3: Comes in looking like your cool. drunk uncle at every bar- family barbecue.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, everybody, what's this just BYOB. It's okay. I brought my own cooler. It's full. <laughs> well, it's half full. But anyway, uh, Lance Storm now comes out before the match with Major Guns by his side. For anybody that doesn't know, she's like reluctantly with Team Canada. And uh, all and, the way live. Wait ain't kidding. Hey, you know, she does stuff on the Internet now. Like... uh Sells replicas of her body parts.
3: See, I knew this because Conrad said
2: it. Yep. I will leave it to everybody's imagination uh, for everything else. Anyway, uh, she says, or Lance Storm rather, says that he's shocked that the people of Buffalo haven't picked up and moved to Canada yet. Well, it is right oh. there. Oh, man. Do I want to live in New York or Canada? Uh, do, do I want to poison myself or shoot myself? Man, I can't. That's tough. I just lost some listeners, but he invites everyone to follow him back to Ontario after tonight's match. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, where are you going to freeze your ass off at? Ontario or Buffalo? I
3: thought he was from Calgary,
2: Alberta, Canada. Yeah, See, I, was,
3: I had a dramatic pause going, but you cut me off.
2: How long was it going to go? Give the people what oh, they want.
3: You know, it's got to be dramatic, so you got to drag it out. God, well, you're so stupid.
2: He said to follow him to Ontario because that's where Nitro was going to be the next night. So there you go. But he plays O Canada while standing at attention. Yet again, this is not interrupted. They do the whole. Oh, that song. was
3: that was one of my notes. Like, is this like the first time ever O Canada wasn't uh, interrupted?
2: Well, first we get three counts whole performance, then we get the entire O Canada. Like, <laughs> okay. I think this is the first time nobody's national anthem was interrupted. Crazy. But this match is Lance Storm with Major Guns defending the United States heavyweight title against General Hugh G. Rection. <sighs> Maturity, it's either, folks.
3: It's either uh, Hugh G. or Humorous. Yeah, right. <laughs> <And then, laughs> <laughs> i you what to tell you. just call him Bill DeMott.
2: Yeah, I right. I threw
3: it. No, no. i just your name. We don't need to trademark not, any of yeah, that crap, pal.
2: Yeah, God dang it, pal! We're not going. <laughs> we're not calling you Hugh G-rection. God dang, that's crass,
1: <laughs> bro. We're, we're going to send you down to the developmental's, and you're going to put a
2: jelly donut in your butt cheeks and stink face your students. That's funny. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! That's not crass. Calling yourself the male member. Oh God, that's crass, pal. By the way, the story about the jelly donut was, uh,
1: Allegedly.
2: just want to point that out. I think, uh, Brian or not Brian Myers, um, Matt Cardona, I think backed that one up. If I remember correctly, but yeah, either way, uh, well,
3: yeah, Brian if, Myers loves him, so
2: Yeah, no, he, we've established both of them like terrible things. So ECW
3: uh, and GCW. So there you go.
2: Yep. And PBR. But the special guest enforcer was. I
3: don't overlook the Prime Myers You see thing only because he grew up in New York and was on TV all the time there. But
2: yeah. But uh, yeah, as we established Jim Duggins, the special guest enforcer. This goes six minutes forty-six seconds. And
3: if you if you know wrestling at all, folks, you know what's coming.
2: Yeah. Well, unfortunately. Uh, look, I can crap on WCW all I want. But the crowd was on their feet for this stuff from Jump Street. They Especially were General all, Rection.
3: He was over his hell.
2: Yeah, which right. Which I forgot about. Well, in the end, Major Guns ends up distracting the referee by accident. And me. While yeah, well, General Rection climbs up for a moonsault. But then Jim Duggan clocks him with his 2x4. This knocks him out and allows Lance Storm to lock in the Maple Leaf. The ref sees that Rection is passed out and declares Storm the winner. That Meanwhile,
3: Scott Hudson's going off like he just saw saw, um, what's his name? Selling the plants to West Point. Who was that? Yeah. He's going
2: off like you just saw it happen before he (laughs) dies. Yeah, right. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it an even two. What say you?
3: I gave it two. Their last match is way better.
2: Yeah, this was meh. That turn was just like, why, man?
3: It's, you know, make fun of Jim Duggan all you want, not like him, whatever, but nothing screams Americana in wrestling like Jim Duggan. Let's just put him in Canada. <laughs> Which, by the way, you know, is on par with Slaughter going uh Iraqi sympathizer.
2: Yeah, right.
3: Because, you know, Iraqi, Iraq and Canada, you know, they're one of the same, right?
2: <sighs> yeah, like, one in, is less in offensive. High,
3: in hindsight, it's like, okay, Canada, big. BFD.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, j- just give it a few years, man. You can join one of those other. I'm moving to Canada. So and so wins the presidential election. <laughs> join anyone all of them. no one ever did. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Well, hey, they said they said that the the site crashed about moving to Canada. Meanwhile, nobody actually did it. So they just read about it, realized, oh wow, this <laughs> the, takes effort. The site
3: crash for all five people. <laughs> Yeah. and that's a different story but uh, yeah you right. get it
2: <laughs> well what that tells me is they read like what you have to do to move to canada they went oh god this requires like effort i don't want to do that and then they just forgot about it the canadian canadian sit-
3: remember the canadian citizenship test question one do you want to be canadian question two really
2: <laughs> uh question three how do you feel about maple syrup this oh, is one, this yeah, this one's really important, all right? So you better get this one right, damn it.
3: All right. And what's the name of that sport we like?
2: <laughs> How do you feel about Brian Adams? The musician, <laughs> not the wrestler.
3: Oh, uh, man. Uh, you like Nickelback, I've been to Canada. I, I loved it there, so i just want to point that out. Don't put, me in the, don't put me in the uh, pits of hell with Troy here. Yeah.
2: Maybe it's... <laughs> I've never been. Well, I, I can't. I can't say that. I've, I've been to Niagara Falls, Canada, but that's not "quote unquote" real Canada. So I don't know. I, I these. give a crap. I can give a crap less about it. I, if I go, cool. But there's. A, I. That's never going to be a place where I'm like, man, I need to plan a trip to Canada.
3: I do really want to go to Van, Vancouver. It's beautiful up there.
2: Yeah. Well. If I ever get the hankering for some real maple syrup and to see a moose, I'll, I'll make the trek. But after the match, Jim Duggan rips off his referee shirt to reveal a Canadian shirt. Oh, my I, God. I don't understand why Mark Madden is so giddy <sighs> about can, about <laughs> him going to Canada.
3: <laughs> He's uh,
2: American.
3: Man. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You said his name. It just it triggers me.
2: I didn't even hear what you said. I think I accidentally cut you off.
3: Fuck the
2: Steelers. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, 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 just, that, I don't get... By the way, sorry. I don't know how you feel I mean, about them. I mean, I guess if you live in Pittsburgh, Canada is a good alternative. Like, it can only go up from there, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> it's like uh, maybe, living
3: in San Francisco. Like, you know what? I want to move to Oakland. I'm like, eh, I, I guess.
2: Well, <laughs> this is like one of them, like... Uh, Maybe they wouldn't let him in, and he's like, "Please, please, for the love of God!" And they're like, "No, not we don't take your kind here, eh?" And he's like, "Please, for I just want to be Canadian. Get me out of Pittsburgh,
3: please." We had enough maple syrup, sir.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, well, sir, we don't have enough food up here for you, eh? <laughs> Look, the nearest all-you-can-eat buffet is just across the border, eh? <laughs> We're going to hell, anyway. <laughs> Uh, M.I.A. rushes the ring and gets taken out one by one by Duggan and his two by four. Sounds dirty. Uh, Hacksaw then poses with Storm and they leave, dragging major guns along with them.
3: I'm just laughing this whole thing. I'm like, oh, we're really supposed to believe that's a big thing because it's Canada. Can't stop harping on this. I know, but. like they were always trying to recreate slaughter in Iraq, right? Obviously. It just didn't. It went over like a fart in church, though. Well, this is another one of
2: those things. Like Russo had those things about himself. Like he hated the South, and I think he hated Canada because you know where Duggan's from, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where he- where is he from. I don't know New York, bro. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, but the but thing not is- New York, New York. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if you think about it, in the WWF, one of Russo's Biggest things that he had a hand in was the America versus Canada thing. He recreated it in WCW. He recreated it in TNA. That was like his thing. He thought everybody hates Canada like me, bro. (laughs)
3: Remember when he had the revolution? They had their own flag.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that.
3: And then two of them said, screw this and left the (laughs) Dibby.
2: Yep.
3: Oh, man.
2: That's Oddly enough, one of them
3: was from Pittsburgh, too. And it wasn't Mark Madden, <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Uh, and he's on the show, but backstage, oh, yeah, was, we're getting to that. This is one of my favorite segments of the show, right here. Uh, backstage, me and Gene Okerlund standing by with the natural born thrillers. Uh, Mike uh, Sanders, I think we
3: already this by the way, pre uh, recording, <laughs> right? Or was it already right.
2: recording? Yeah, it was a uh, opening of the show, yeah. Well. Uh Mike Sanders mocks Conan and then Gene calls him a prick. <laughs> when Sean Wait, O'Hare
3: how they get, get off how they get on live TV? I know it's on pay-per-view, but still.
2: I don't know, but I, I'm uh, assuming
3: Gene just gave no F's at the end.
2: Well this was like I, f- I feel like this was his new gimmick. They were like, uh just insult the people you're you're interviewing. Because he did this <laughs> all the time. I loved it. Uh when Sean O'Hare grabs Gene by the jacket, Gene tells him to blow it out his ass. <laughs> yeah and he says he's got guys that can take out O'Hare's kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is awesome. Uh Sanderson says that they're they're the future. It says the filthy animals have nothing. <sighs> yeah, about that. Good lord. I loved it. Was there was another one of these where Gene like every time Gene got with uh uh the natural born thrillers. Wasn't there one where Mike Sanders says something. He's like, all right, smart ass. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, love it. But after the natural born thrillers enter the ring, we see the filthy animals in the parking lot gathering around a limo. Someone gets out of the limo, covering his head in a oh, towel. Oh, my God. Yeah. Leading him into the building I, as I a surprise. I, have,
3: I think I might have used my fart in church. going over like a fart in church too early.
2: Yeah. Working I will say a- this. <laughs> I, I forgot who it was. I was seriously like, who uh, is it? I it's a big guy. Uh, but I who is it? Once they come out onto the stage, they reveal the surprise is Mr. Wonderful Paul Horndorf.
3: I guess if there's anybody in history that fits in with the filthy animals, it's Mr. Wonderful. Right.
2: <laughs> Good grief. I'm just like, what?
3: There is somewhat oh. of a backstory to this, by the way. I guess they, they attacked him because he's one of the trainers at
1: the yeah, power plant.
2: Yeah. So they, they make sure to point out they're like, oh, he trained all the filthy or the uh, national born thrillers. Like, okay. Dude, they've done this multiple times. Remember when they had that feud between, uh, was it a feud or was he with them uh, when Goldberg had his trainer? Yeah, Sarge. Uh, yeah. Was he, that was, that was something, well, no, they didn't feud, that was it, because didn't somebody attack Sarge, and that kind of started a, a feud with Goldberg yeah, and somebody
3: else? Luger buff, I believe.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I have a lot of notes for this next match, so buckle in for this. It's the Natural Born Thrillers, it's...
3: <sighs> you Staves. need to stop being so liberal with the word match, because I didn't know what the hell this was.
2: Well, it's Mike Sanders, Sean O'Hare, Mark Gendrak, Chuck Palumbo, Reno, Johnny Stamboli, and Sean Stasiak. Or maybe that's too many people. I don't even know. But they're taking on—they were all there at ringside. I know that. They're taking on the filthy animals of Conan, Disco, Rey Mysterio Jr. That's Disco with a Q, by the way. Puventud Guerrera and Tigris with Big Vito and Paul Orndorff. <sighs> Yeah, it's an elimination match, so...
3: And yes, Tiger's yeah. in this match, right?
2: All the way now,
3: live. Now, the yes. reason... Oh, yeah. Now, the reason I asked that is because if you notice at the beginning of this match, people are on the apron, on the floor, like managers on the apron, on the floor, Mike Sanders on commentary, and then, I believe, uh, someone else on uh, National War throws is on commentary. So yeah. like, I don't know what the hell's going on in this match. Like, who's in it? Who's not? Who's the commentary... All over the
2: damn place. I, I, I'm with you. But, uh, you know, Tony Schiavone was popping wood over at the commentary table with Tigris out at the ring. We that was his Tigris. favorite. Yeah, right. This uh, goes 16 and a half minutes, by the way. So Disco has his back to the middle of the ring at one point. Conan runs into him or gets shoved into him, I guess. So Disco blindly decides, I'm going to hit the chart buster on whoever's behind me. <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and it's Conan. Uh, this leads Sean O'Hare to pin and eliminate Conan. Because of this, everybody's pissed off at Disco because he's an idiot. They won't tag him in. Beto slaps him, and this allows Reno to hit rolling the dice to eliminate Disco. Well, they both had to be eliminated first so they could go to the back, smoke up, and record their podcast together. Oh, wait, no, I'm ahead of time. Sorry.
3: And but for those of you who may not know
2: what rolling the dice is, it's, uh, you know what that is. <laughs> it's it's like, well, Test did it. It was called the Test Drive. It's sort of like the Crossroads. It's, yeah. You know, exactly to see it. The crossroads. Yeah, pretty much. But.
3: So you roll yeah, the, the dice because his name's Reno? Get it? Ha ha ha.
2: Yeah, right. Ha uh, ha. Yeah. But Vito misses a swing with a kendo stick. Yeah, gotta get that in. Uh, oh, that was buddy. a
3: stickball bat, right?
2: Uh, I looked like a kendo stick to me, but I don't know. But he misses yeah,
3: it. That's the part.
2: <laughs> Stamboli <laughs> cracks Vito with one instead. So yeah, more kendo sticks. Reno hits rolling the dice on Vito and pins him. The filthy animals strategize with Paul Orndorff now before continuing. Dolby hits a hoovy driver on Reno. Mysterio hits a leg drop on his crotch from the top rope and eliminates Reno. After being tossed around by Mark Jindrak and Sean O'Hare, O'Hare hits a, a Sean bomb. Real name on Hooventude to pin him. So Hoovy's gone. Uh, when Stamboli introduces a kendo stick, I think Paul Orndorff used it for the first time in his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't think of another time he would have. But this is before he drives.
3: A kendo stick match with Hulk Hogan in the 80s? What's wrong with you?
2: Yeah, right. Uh, he, he didn't have a hardcore street fight, death match, barroom brawl with. Uh, you know, with uh Roddy Piper or anything. Well legends um, are to be believed he has had a couple of barn brawls, but <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh then he pile drives Johnny Stamboli to eliminate him.
3: Later hold on, hold on hold on. Gotta get this one in. Do you know who Johnny Stamboli is?
2: Uh well Johnny the Bull Stamboli is also Relic, which of course is killer spelled backwards. There it is. And in the independent scene he is also Red Rum, which of course is murder spelled backwards. <laughs> but later, Orndorff hits a pile driver on Mark Chudrick, who I have a Jacks figure of, by the way. And then he basically collapses. O'Hare pins Orndorff to eliminate him. Referee's check on Paul as he can't move. Every, yeah. Everyone, ru- everyone wrestles around for a bit. This is—I was going
3: to say—this is where it gets stupid. Yeah, they With start like old man down in the ring could be legitimate. Who knows?
2: I'm thinking it is because, like, they're just, like, wrestling around him. Nobody's touching him. And if you notice, a couple times
3: they hit his foot. I know it's not exactly, like, a part of his hurt. Like, why is it still going?
2: Yeah, I thought it was pretty dangerous and dumb. But the referees are even like, whoa, back off, guys. And then finally, referee Charles Robinson just throws the damn match out as a no contest. So they can stretch your Orndorff out, saying that his neck is messed up. Which, even if it is a legitimate injury... Why didn't they pause the match, get him out of there, and then restart?
3: Uh, Reasons?
2: Yeah, like, oh, crap. Now we have to improvise the end because Orndorff was supposed to be a central part of it. They didn't follow the script, and now they have to improvise the end. Is that in the archives? Uh, That was New Blood, right? Yeah. Yeah, now in the archives. Go check it out. But uh, Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half you're gonna be like what the F but until the end I thought this was a decent match I gave it two and a half what say you
3: I gave it one because I didn't know what the hell was going on like I said there are people like on the floor as managers people on commentary and then they were in the ring like what the hell's going on here
2: Uh, stuff and things I don't know but as EMTs are wheeling or out on a stretcher the crowd gives him a standing ovation I, I'm thinking this was real, man. I don't
3: know. I looked it up and I couldn't find anything. So,
2: yeah, I don't know. They put him on a in a uh, uh, neck brace. They wheeled him out. I don't know, man.
3: To my knowledge, we didn't see him on WCW TV ever again. So,
2: yeah, gone forever, bro.
3: Sure, we you could, could defi- die.
2: You could definitely tell uh, his arm. By the way, oh yeah, uh, it was. Uh, not good. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. <laughs> but Pamela Paul Shock is backstage now with Billy Kidman and Medusa. She says that they'll compete in one of the most dangerous matches in all of professional wrestling. Oh. A, the Pittsburgh Plunge Scaffold Match. Yeah. Or, excuse me. Right.
3: <laughs> it's funny, I think uh, Kidman's from like the other side of Pennsylvania. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, was Allentown or whatever the f, which Billy Joel wrote a song about. Anyway, uh, Kidman Ed and
3: Medusa. Well. Uh,
2: Kidman and Medusa both claim Tori Wilson is a bimbo in every other name in the book. During his entrance, Shane Douglas I feel claimed like she that she like,
3: like took an hour to get to the word bitch. Did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> in that promo, like she wanted uh, to start off with, but she, man, she took forever to get there.
2: Yeah, she said every other word in the like, book. Like what does Chip
3: Kornet say? something they she took a. She goes around her elbow to get your wrist.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just say,
1: my
3: God, like, I'm not advocating or anything, but clearly we knew what she was going for.
2: Yeah, Billy Kidman said the other B word. Well, there you go. During his entrance, Shane Douglas claims that if Kidman and Medusa don't take the plunge tonight, he'll give everyone their money back. So you know where this is going. He also says that Kidman will be joining Paul Orndorff at the hospital. Cool. Like, comments like that make me hope this wasn't real. But then again, that's kind of tasteless facility, if it was pal. God dang it, pal. We don't say hospital. Who the hell calls it a hospital? God. At least
3: go on SmackDown, Michael Cole did. That was funny.
2: <laughs> well, up next, it is Shane Douglas and Tori Wilson versus Billy Kidman and Medusa. In a Pittsburgh Plunge scaffold match. Yeah. yeah Is it
3: really 20, a scaffold, by the way? When it's like a... a like It's wide as hell. I'm not, well, I'm not saying a lot more danger or anything. I'm just saying it's not really a scaffold. They just rose it up.
2: Well, I was going to say this. I sort of like this concept a little better than the old one because it's much wider and it like rises up on the stage.
3: Yeah, and you never got the feeling oh my god someone's going to die. And fall off.
2: Yeah, right. They clearly had Which... crash pads. Um but yeah, it I don't know. I also don't think the crash pads is...
3: were not like cardboard painted to look like fake metal though, so I got to give them that.
2: Right. <laughs> uh this is like not as I don't think this one is as high as usual scaffolds or I mean oh, maybe it no. is, but But this is honestly one of the best scaffold matches I've ever seen. But that's very faint praise because scaffold matches suck. So you and I have talked about they all suck. Every single one of them. But Medusa gets up on the other side but hesitates to get down because, see, the way to win is to walk to the other side and climb down the ladder. And then you win. Cool. But she's hesitant to get down and leave Billy all alone. Finally, Douglas kicks her off the ladder. Bro, abuse her, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> Had
3: to be Shane, by the way. Could be Tori.
2: <laughs> yep. And she fell straight back onto a platform that <laughs> didn't give much. Tori later low blows Kidman and then Douglas tosses him off through another platform. He and Tori then climb down and win. Uncle Dave gave this negative one star. I give it dos. What say you?
3: Oh, it's a scaffold match, so I give it one.
2: I give it two just because I was grading on it being a scaffold match. So if they would have put if it was just uh, like Shane Douglas versus Billy Kidman or if they would have put like actual wrestlers as their tag team partners, like I think it would have been better. They could have done, you know, moves and such. I mean, like, Billy Kidman was hitting actual, like, wrestling moves and crap up there, so I liked the wider uh, platform that they were on. But I don't know. I just, I've never liked the concept of a scaffold match. I think it's dumb. But backstage, Mean Gene is standing by with Sting. Sting says that he goes way back with Muda and Vampiro with violent matches. But tomorrow night, he'll show up on Nitro and win the world title from either Kevin Nash or Booker T.
3: So this is when I point out this is the second time in a War Games Sting has a guaranteed match the next line of Nitro. It's also a War Games yeah. 98 now in the archives.
2: Yeah. Or, well, yeah. Uh, oh, you know,
3: why would you want to burn a world title match with Sting on your main card, on your pay-per-view card?
2: Oh, of course, yeah. You gotta have this. But, yeah, this is, this is the first fall brawl in forever that doesn't have a War Games, by the way. Just... If anybody's wondering if it's coming up.
3: It's actually the second one, I believe. 99 didn't have one either. Really? I don't think 99 had one. No, I think that was Sting and Hogan.
2: Huh. Yeah, how about that?
3: There is a cage match on this card, by the
2: way. I know. (laughs) 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 But uh, he gets jumped Uh, from behind by Jeff Jarrett, who Okerlund calls a crazy bastard. (laughs) Uh Jarrett says he is going to get the world title shot on Nitro, not Sting. Yeah,
3: I had, there's this funny ass clip I got to find. It's, this guy reviews old TNA stuff, and every time Jarrett comes on screen, he goes a wild slapnut appears, and then it's like a scene out of the Pokemon uh, Game Boy games. Yeah, I got to try to find the clip and send it to you so you can play it when you does. It. it just says a wild slapnut appears.
2: <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> they're all slap nuts. We now have footage from earlier in the day where Mike, t- God, this segment, where Mike today went to David Flair's house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> David uh, is clearly paranoid, asking if Mike is alone. Once in the house, we see David Flair's living like a damn slob. And you know, David
3: asked. you like look like someone who just recently got divorced. So. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, uh, when David asks if today wants to sit, he says he prefers to stand.
3: <laughs> uh, pick dirty your chair. First.
2: Yeah, this is like the epitome of like, um, like, like a bachelor pad, but <laughs> or, or like a bachelor apartment, whatever you have a futon, a small coffee table with an ashtray on it. And I couldn't see, but he probably had like a small TV. <laughs> Like, somebody said, uh, I, show I that... A,
3: yeah, I imagine you had a TV with a built-in DCR.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody said something before about the, like, they posted a picture, and they were like, oh, uh, young, like, 20-something-year-old guys, their apartments look like this. And it was just, like, um, a TV sitting on top of some, like, egg crates and, uh, like, a gaming chair. And somebody else, were, like, another guy replied, was like, I see nothing wrong with this.
3: <laughs> it's it's true. Aesthetic.
2: Yep. (sighs) But anyway, uh, David is jumpy and freaking out as Mike today asked David how he feels now that Miss Hancock left him and David isn't the father of her baby. David randomly jumps up and goes outside and attacks the mailman, locking him in the figure four on his lawn while asking if he's the father. (sighs) I read reports about this segment before. I never actually seen it till now. That
3: reminds reminds me of that. Remember you used to talk about Eric Watson. he do a figure four in a gas station or something.
2: Yeah, he he locked in the STF (laughs) in a gas station parking lot.
3: It's the perfect compliment to it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. At least that was like two wrestlers getting into a brawl. Freaking David Flair walks out. Are you the father? Freaking clotheslines a mailman and locks him in the figure four.
3: What the F, man? Oh, one of my notes I forgot to mention. When he kept going to the window and looking out, it reminded me of Herb Abrams and uh, Dark Side of the Ring members. Like, those are the people. Do you hear them? Coming. Do you hear them? They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> they want,
2: they want to take in the, the cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I got to say about this is what the
1: fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
2: man. Well, I may have hit that a little too soon, too, because up next, it is Vampiro with the insane clown posse taking on the great Muta and Sting a triple threat match it goes for 5 minutes 12 seconds 4 minutes too long I like all 3 of these guys uh, this match did not showcase that any of it, them could do anything
3: it made no sense because I, I'm just, I mean obviously there's some story to it but why are Vampiro and Muta and- Opposing sides, play together.
2: I don't know. Well, from Jump Street, Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope of the Insane Clown Posse are on commentary for this match with Mark Madden. This is my hell. Uh, they spent the whole match putting over Vampiro and Muda while making fun of Sting, calling him stink and stink. Well, also, we're putting over uh, uh,
3: what's the name of their wrestling organization?
2: Well, yeah. Uh, I'll get to that here in a second. They were also coming up with fake names for wrestling moves that were just dumb. Uh, Muda and Vampiro Vampiro and uh, Muda double team sting most of the match, while ICP claims that this is JCW live on pay-per-view. JCW, for people that don't know, is Juggalo Champion Shit Wrestling. Real name. I'm not saying that is an insult. That is what it was called and they allowed Vampiro to bring the JCW title to the ring.
3: That's how it looked familiar, by the
2: way. Yeah, uh, that doesn't look like the winged eagle belt on on an orange strap or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But in the end, Vamp and Muda start fighting over who will get the pin. ICP gets between them, Sting attacks everyone with his baseball bat, and says F it, drops Muda with a scorpion death drop, and wins! Uncle Dave gave this a dud. I gave it one star Say you.
3: Yeah, me too. It's just terrible. Yeah. And then the end confused the hell of it even more. Well, what you're about to say probably, but...
2: Yeah, well, Vampiro drops Muda when Shaggy2dope goes up for a top rope leg drop, but Sting pulls Muda to safety before leaving, and Muda looks conflicted. What
1: the fuck?
2: Oh man, what the like, why did this go anywhere? Uh, I don't remember, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm going uh, to go
3: ahead and assume that Vampiro Cross thing is Title Master next night.
2: Uh, probably don't they just kind of drop that feud after a while and pretend it never happened?
3: You got to give them credit for that,
2: yeah, right? Well, (laughs) because uh, like, I think you said something about Sting came out cut a promo on somebody It was like, Vampir- Vampiro will save the head. The mind games for later. Some crap.
3: I think that, that was, was before
2: this. Of- oh, so they started it back up then.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, man. Well, why wasn't it Sting versus Vampiro at the last Nitro, man? That God. I think Vampiro was though. there at the last Nitro. Yeah, he was like, I'm going back to Mexico. Peace out, y'all. <sighs> uh, but... I- Up next, Pamela Paulshock approaches Mike Awesome's 70s bus and gets propositioned by Mike. For those that don't know, look, I'm going to make some references in this segment. And, well, WZW made some references in this segment that you might have to Google. Okay. He's driving, like, the, uh, oh, well, the, yeah, uh, Partridge Family bus. Go Google that. (laughs) <laughs> and he's got his hair like quaffed, and he's wearing like the, the old 70s leisure suit and crap and
3: yeah he almost uh, looked like, they, uh, almost looked like a, a really roided out Michael Kelso
2: yeah or if anybody watches um, American Hustle the way that I mean he, he doesn't have the same figure but the way that uh, Christian Bale's character was dressed in the movie kind of like that <laughs> but he's uh, Gary Coleman effing walks out of the bus like what the fuck <laughs> and then mike says oh he's one of my favorite actors from the 70s and coleman says well i was a star in the 80s and he's like whatever <laughs> none of this even makes so now, sense now they're, now,
3: they're, now they're stepping on their own bs i like that <laughs> right.
2: well he says he wants coleman to say his famous line but gary says ah, i don't do that anymore Pamela's confused, you know, per our usual agreement and says, what you talking about? And Mike gets all happy, like, yeah. And then he walks away and Gary says, I'm very sad that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this was effing. Oh, it was like so dumb. It was kind of funny. But just like, why we know Mike Awesome is good. Why did they do this?
3: Well, someone said some about him being a, a distant cousin of Hogan's. This is punishment for Bash of the Beast two thousand. I can't uh, confirm that.
2: Wasn't he getting punished before all of that? He was I don't a know. Magic thriller and everything else. Well, you know why this is happening, Greg? Because <laughs> me, right? Yep. <laughs> but before the next match, Jeff Jarrett comes to the ring and points out that he's wearing a jersey of a real football team, the Tennessee Titans. That aged like milk. Uh, he I, uh, about- I found it. Hold on. There it is. Be considerate about joining the group. Then some music hits. A wild slapnut appears. I
0: don't know
3: why that popped me. What was that from? Uh, this is a guy that does uh, reviews on YouTube.
2: Oh my gosh. A wild but- slapnut appears.
3: <laughs> and then it's like a, like a parody of Pokemon on Game Boy.
2: Y- yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one where they're like, "Guess that Pokemon. They're like, who's that Pokemon? And, and then like, it's Vince McMahon. He's like, it's me, Austin. Me <laughs> all. God dang it, pal. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jarrett goes on about how the Bills lost to them in the playoffs last year. And he cuts the promo against uh, the Buffalo Bills football players in the front row. Cool. Uh, Jarrett then calls out Mike Awesome saying that he's going to kill his career because you see, Mike Awesome was not just the fat chick thriller, He was not just that 70s guy. But he was also the career killer. Ironic yep. name, but... Right?
3: I that, forget when that? he threw a canyon off the cage and started all, right?
2: Yeah. And then he starts doing, like, ambulance matches every week.
3: Yep. One of them was against the very team that was just on commentary. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that was his gimmick, and then uh, the Wall would do tables matches every week. Yeah, uh, but well, isn't the career killer uh, the the career killer? Isn't that kind of an ironic name for Mike Awesome at this time, considering his career's dead in the water?
3: Yeah, well, a little bit.
2: But, man, how many nicknames can you throw on a guy that's, like, meaningless right now? That dead horse. Now it is Jeff Jarrett versus Mike Awesome in another freaking gimmick match. It's a bunkhouse brawl. It goes for nine minutes.
3: So, for those of you who don't know, this is just a new DQ match.
2: Yep, another one. They use every weapon in the book. Finally, Jarrett eggs on the... Buffalo Bills too much, and they all jump the railing and surround the ring because, you know, you could do that without security getting involved. Well, they do. Well, I, I mean, considering they jumped the railing and nothing really happens, I'm going to assume that maybe I was wrong this whole time. And maybe you can fuck with Doug Dillinger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> involving Mike Awesome, which, which was the start of this whole thing. But anyway, uh, Jeff gets into a shoving match with them, uh, basically all of them, until Mike Awesome hits a sit-out awesome bomb for a near-fall. It's the same thing
3: at CNA, if you think about it. one of the very first episodes.
2: Yep. Well, he had to kick out of the sit-out power bomb after this this thing, Greg, because more moves must be done. And now, uh, Jarrett grabs a guitar, and Gary Coleman runs out to the ring. Yeah. And repeatedly knees Jeff Jarrett in the taint. (laughs) (laughs) Real sad. Oh my god! I'm just saying this for fun. Ah, man. I guess I can hit it again. What the fuck? I never thought I would say Gary Gary Coleman. Coleman. Hey, hey, on a WCW show, pay-per-view even. Gary Coleman repeatedly knees Jeff Jarrett in the taint. Good lord.
3: Real sentence.
2: Jeff Jarrett did the dumbest crap in WCW. There is this. There's him Elka bonging Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern whack pack.
3: Well, he doesn't like, like uh, uh, black little people, huh?
2: <laughs> I guess not. If you're short and black, you better watch your ass around Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's racist and sizist. <laughs> I'm just kidding, by the way. Don't, don't, elk, I don't want a wild snap, uh, slap nuts to appear in my bedroom and Elka bong me. Cause he'll just, you know pop is? I got nowhere.
3: slap nuts in my bedroom all the time. Oh, anyways.
2: Good Lord. But, uh, after the taint uh, Coleman celebrates for about two <laughs> years.
3: <laughs> I think we just invented a movie on the pot, folks. The
2: uh, Coleman celebrates for about two effing years until Jeff Jarrett gets up and Elka bongs him. Don't you he think he was dead? He just, he was just going to lay there for all eternity? Did you, think, grief, did you catch
3: the big gaff? by the way? It's one of the most famous gaffes famous in
2: history. No, what?
3: Coleman's hat falls off first, and the padding falls out.
2: He oh, has to pick man. it up and put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can't take a gimmick to guitar, huh, Gary? Well, when when, uh, Jeff goes for the stroke on Mike Awesome, Sting runs out, and he hits a scorpion death drop on Jarrett and leaves while Mike Awesome gets the pinfall win. This was so damn overbooked. Uncle Dave gave it three stars. I gave it a star and a half. What say you? I gave it two. It was uh dude how many people do you need involved in one match
3: well you have to have the uh the little person the entire buffalo bills starting defense staying
2: like <laughs> this is like that you remember that episode of south park where they were trying to i think it was like two or three episodes actually where It was like the hunt for cartman's dad and it yeah. just keeps like more and more people <laughs> and they're like <laughs> yeah. and the entire 1989 buffalo bills <laughs> or not <laughs> buffalo bill uh uh, Denver Broncos. It was just like.
3: Was that it was the year they getting... lost the Niners. Why Might was he losing team?
2: I don't know if it was them, but it was, that's just the first one I could think of. But. <laughs> dude, it's just like, it just kept getting more absurd. It's like. Mike awesome had the help of. A former child actor. <laughs> Sting. And the entire Buffalo Bills starting line. <laughs> like. God dang, Jarrett! I felt bad for Jarrett in this situation. He just had his stupid guitar.
3: All for the uh, the wild slap nut.
2: <laughs> yeah, he only he only had his stupid little guitar, which you know, as we all know, he broke a thousand of them and never drew a dime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we uh, get
3: even on this podcast.
2: So there you go. Yep. Well, we honor some of the dead. Some of the dead we still uh it's like, yeah, you were an asshole. Anyway. But I kid, sort of. I didn't say it. backstage, me and Gene Oakland is standing by with Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner does his same old routine, says all of his catchphrases and blah blah blah. But he does say uh, you can understand a couple of them too. (laughs) Yeah, right? They took their germs. You know, something like that. Go blue that was well that was all of rick steiner's promos and then it just kind of rubbed off because scott used to you'd be able to hear him like or understand him once in a while and scott would be like well you know uh, and he'd say something stupid but you know at least you could hear him
3: and oh, then it was really rick, right wasn't his hand was talking well, then hand? You'd,
2: well you would go to rick and i mean rick did have the talking hand for a little bit but you would go to rick and then all he would say
1: <laughs> it's like are
2: you having a stroke live on camera what the <laughs> fuck Uh, Uh, That reminds me, they they were
3: two-time All-Americans wrestling, not academics. So so I'll point that out.
2: Uh, Didn't Rick get his degree in education? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he did because I think he's a school teacher. Uh, So we just hand him out there, huh? (laughs) uh, Well, it is. uh, It is Michigan. I didn't say it. Or yeah, I did. Or no, I'm sorry, you didn't say it.
3: Oh, I would Uh, never go blue.
2: Uh, well, eat ass on that one. But it'd be Bailey's. Uh no. Like I said before, it's abyss.
3: <laughs> oh <my But> <laughs> the
2: only thing I can think of uh during a during a Rick Steiner promo back in the day, or even this Scott Steiner promo is this.
0: Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, dr- uh, don't do drugs. Uh, you know, uh, drugs are bad and good. K-
3: Why the hell was that Garrison and Jerry Jarrett mixed in a one?
2: <laughs> well, huh? Well, you know, uh, well, drugs are bad and good. K- well, huh? That's that's the talk he had with Jeff back in the day. Uh but anyway, uh, Scott does say that he beat down Goldberg on Thunder to the point where Goldberg was just barely alive, so that he could survive so Scott could destroy him here tonight on pay-per-view live in Buffalo, New York can't see it, but I'm doing the thumb anyway, up next it is Scott Steiner versus Goldberg in a no disqualification match, you know, something tells me we choose
1: what the fuck
2: (laughs) oh man Uh, that's a Jewish guy versus the German dude that's not good
3: it's the second Herb Abrams thing I got in on the show. I don't like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is an ODQ match. It goes 14, uh, just shy of 14 minutes. Too long. Something, tell- minutes. something tells me we've seen no disqualification matches many times already so far. Yeah, you know what? I don't know. I'm, just, I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. So Scott Steiner is wearing a black face protector. Why? I don't know. But Goldberg is... Friendly with the football players in the front row, uh, Medea now comes out with a giant lead pipe partway through the match. Cool. So we know where this is going already. By the way, how big? Like, it looks like he took I, like yeah, half I saw them the damn the door, pipe. But... Oh, oh, wow. Sorry so I
3: was looking at like, something else.
2: It looks like he has like the whole pipe that runs from your house to the sewer. That's about the size of this <laughs> damn pipe. Like, why,
3: man? Well, because Goldberg's a large man. He a big pipe.
2: I guess so. Hey, hey, never doubt Scott Steiner's ability to lay the pipe. His pipe game yeah. proper, okay? <laughs> uh, but Goldberg gets busted open. Shocker. Uh, Scott gets the pipe from Adasia and then gets spared. Shits his pants. No, I'm kidding. I made that up. But Well, maybe. But Vince Russo now runs out. We talked about this earlier. Uh, yeah. And He's wearing a Jeff Jarrett slap nuts shirt, a wild slap that appears. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a slap nuts, uh, and and he beats Goldberg up with a bat, be- uh, black baseball bat, you know, stings gimmick. But this is not the end though, because more moves must be done. Greg, yeah, a table, a table's legs break outside of the ring, but Steiner still puts Goldberg through it. Every match must have a table spot in the ring. Goldberg breaks the Steiner recliner and Goldberg is on the top rope. Badesia uses the lead pipe on him while Russo is the weakest uh,
3: way in the weakest swing I've ever seen in my life, by the way. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. <laughs> while Russo is hitting him with a baseball bat at the same damn time. A well, super a super belly to belly suplex off the top rope doesn't end him, though. And he breaks yet another Steiner recliner because more moves must be done. <laughs> Goldberg goes, to, but this was this was the start, like before Brock Lesnar ever did this kind of crap. This, Goldberg's doing it right here, y'all. He, he was the originator. Goldberg goes to choke Russo, but Steiner beats Goldberg down and knocks him out with a lead pipe. He then makes Goldberg pass out to the recliner to win this started good in my opinion when they were actually wrestling with no weapons. And yeah, then it just it got started off
3: good, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then it just quickly went downhill as soon as Madesia came out there. I mean, Which the aesthetics not, around you
3: know, Normally that'd be a good thing, but
2: Yeah, I mean uh, I, she upped the aesthetics, but other than that, in the ring, crap. Dude, I'm gonna before I tell you, I'm gonna give you a chance to guess. The rating Uncle Dave gave this. Uh, three and a quarter. Four and a quarter stars. Holy crap. Yeah. I gave it. <laughs> oh my due- God. I gave it deuce and a half for average. Because, like I said, yeah, it started yeah. great. Started <laughs> I gave it two. went crap. Yeah, two, two to three. I, I would accept a three. Like, I could see somebody thinking three. That's why I said two and a half. But, God, four and a half. <laughs> stars what 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 did he see here i want to know
3: oh, that's a star per sign recliner i think that was man did you notice that vince russo was on the outside telling the bills players to suck it yeah he's doing the old cross chop so you know what he's doing he's reminding us of something
0: so we remind everybody that the big star is on the other channel <laughs>
2: I just like uh, Vince Russo always has to be in the limelight. Always. Dude, nobody cares about you, bro. Like, I'm not saying that in like, uh, well, nobody on this earth gives a crap about Vince. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying nobody wants to see you on TV. Like, get the F out.
3: This isn't even your part of New York either.
2: Yeah, right. He, well, he, remember when he said uh, Buffalo is pretty much Iowa or whatever the F, which isn't anywhere close <laughs> to them. <laughs> But after the match, we're graced with seeing a shirtless posing Vince Russo as the Buffalo Bills check on Goldberg. But backstage, Pamela Paulshock is, standing, is standing by with Booker T. Booker says that they're going to have to kill him to stop him from winning the WCW title tonight. And this was during the era where he changed his catchphrase to, don't hate the player, hate the game.
3: See, I kept thinking, I was like, I don't know, to this day I don't know, but I kept thinking it was like some kind of shot at Triple H.
2: Maybe it, I mean I could see that. Now I didn't think about it until you brought it up, but it could have been. Uh, no, it was
3: in nineteen. Now, now we know.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, hey, you know, uh, knowing the maturity level and the track record of um, Vince Russo, that's very possible. Uh, I, I will say, I think Kyle from Apron Bump, I think was the one who said this. It might have been somebody else, but I'll attribute it to him. Or he was talking about. You know, you go back and you remember things being better or worse than they were, and then you go back and watch it and it's like, ah, oh, you know, it wasn't that bad. He's like, I I thought that and I went back and he said I watched the build up and the match to the the, the Triple H Booker T feud going to WrestleMania 19. He was like or or 18, right? Was it 18, 19, 19. 19. And he's like, nope, that that was just as bad as I remember. It that sucked. Like, it wasn't great. I will say, I think the match was okay. I just thought the finish was kind of. Up uh, until the end, yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, you pedigreed him out of nowhere, then, like, sat around for five minutes, had tea, and they're like, oh, I guess I should pin him now.
3: Had tea, <laughs> let it process, took your piss, and then did it. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Buried, man. Uh, but anyway, that brings us to our second to last break H-C-W before Powell. the event. <laughs> We're going to uh, the main event right after this break, right now.
4: Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector.
0: Good morning. Good afternoon.
3: Good evening. And good night. My name is Thomas. And what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah yeah, oh yeah. yeah. yeah, We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah From the mother, Same mother and father.
0: K-A-S-T, I yeah, yeah up the ending.
3: Yeah, it's all right, good on you. Yeah.
0: Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C,
3: we spell it with a K. So, you <laughs> mate. Take it easy. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp
0: taste that gives you more to go wild for.
2: Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Main Event Marks. And we're back. Oh, we're back. This is the Main Event. It's Kevin Nash defending the WCW World Heavyweight title against Booker T in nine minutes. Yes. It right, is a caged heat match, by the way.
3: Yeah, I this want to point out, by the way, during the pay-per-view where they're supposed to have war games, but it's still going to have a cage match.
2: Right. But I, I do want to point this out. It's literally just a cage match. I thought caged heat, there was a, a roof.
3: I don't freaking know.
2: Yeah, I'm, there's no roof. There's, it's just a cyclone cage attached to the ring apron. Why didn't they just call it a cage match? And everything's going to have a stupid gimmicked up name freaking idiots
3: yeah, at least could have some fire or something on the outside yeah not that that would have been good but where the hell's the heat coming from
2: and what was the point of the cage just because
3: This a uh, fall brawl they need a uh, cage I don't know
2: yeah it's like cage matches are supposed to mean something like oh there's there's interference or somebody keeps running or something nope just uh, you know what we felt like doing it in the cage cool but Nash gets busted open bleeds quite a bit In the end, Nash goes for the jackknife, Booker lands on his feet, hits the bookend, and wins the world title. This was probably the most straightforward match of the entire night. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I gave it dose. It was fairly meh. What say you?
3: I gave it two. Mid! Also, did you catch that it was over before you knew it? The ending just came out of nowhere.
2: It was, like, nine minutes long. A nine-minute-long cage match main event for the world title. Like,
3: There were other matches on here that got, like, what, 15, 20 minutes?
2: Yeah. That didn't effing need it. Oh, well, we gotta book more bullshit. This one, the straightforward world title cage match. Nah. That one's gotta, it's gotta be short. The hell ever, man. But Booker T celebrates the WCW title win to close the show. And that's it. Cool. We're going to take our next break on the other end of this. We're getting into the final ratings and telling you what's coming up next month on the podcast.
4: Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker. Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people expert fantasy advice, free contest, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around, TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people.
2: Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Main Event And
0: we're back! And we're back!
2: Final ratings time here. Internet Movie Database gives us 5.7 out of 10. CageMatch.net gives it 5.03 out of 10. I give it a 6 out of 10 for... I don't know, D-minus? What say you?
3: Yeah, D minus.
2: Uh, it's better than the F that we usually give it. So, the
3: Queenly match was the best match. So, what's that again? <laughs> and there's something about that guy, man. He's just good.
2: Yeah, right. Ugh. Yeah, he. Uh, for people that don't know, he also had the best match at Greed. If you guys want to go check that out,
3: He's the last person in history ever jerked the curtain. Jacob Grandi should cover that and do it in long form.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, Grandi should have a whole match just reviewing uh, Johnny B. Bad matches.
3: Brought that up to him with no follow-up, but he did acknowledge
2: it. Yeah. Get on it, man. What are you waiting on? Damn. But anyway, uh, that does it for today's show, though. And it does it for the month. September's over, man. Crazy. Uh, But next month, let's quickly run down some of these shows you can expect to see here. There is, on October 4th, our first show of the month. It is WCW Halloween Havoc 1990. This is the second ever Halloween Havoc. The main event is uh, Sting defending the NWA title against Sid Vicious. Lex Luger also defends the NWA United States title against Stan Hansen. And Doom defends the <laughs> Doom defends the world tag titles against Rick and uh, Rick Flair and Arn Anderson. And the Steiner oh, Brothers shabby
3: def- chips of the world.
2: Exactly. And the Steiner Brothers defend the United States titles against the nasty boys. Buy my other- ass up. Hell yeah. There are a bunch of other matches on this card as well. There you go. Halloween Havoc, 1990. Terror rules the ring. Took place in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, October 11th, we're finally going to do it. It's WWF Bad Blood. Uh, in your house, actually, from October 11th. Er, that is our show on October 11th. This took place October 5th, 1997. Obviously, the main event is the very first ever Hell in a Cell the debut of Kane.
4: It's uh, going go anywhere.
2: Oh well, it's absolutely not. Uh, also, Bret Hart and uh, British Bulldog take on the Patriot and Vader in a tag team flag match. Cool. We get an eight man tag match of the DOA versus Los Bariquas.
3: And yes, that is as bad as it sounds.
2: Yeah, but hey, at least we get the Headbangers defending the tag titles against the Godwins. I mean, that's going to make the whole thing right. No? You know,
3: or that's, maybe, that's yeah. two different kind of white stereotypes right there. You gotta love that. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. <laughs> and we get the minis match. We get Max, Mini and Nova taking on Mosaic and Tarantula. Play, right. the, uh, the clip. Play the clip. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, oh, I, can, I can also say, who are all these fucking people?
3: Yeah, yeah, that place. <laughs> And, you know, oh. ironically, he, was probably, he probably had the end of the show.
2: Yeah, he's definitely there. I know that. Uh, October 18th, it is uh, Double Main Event Week. We're bringing you uh, Bound for Glory 2013. And this one, the main event is Bully Ray defending I got the... I
3: uh, got some crap from a friend for you picking that, by the way.
2: <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> they don't give a crap about it?
3: Uh, yep.
2: Uh, well, you know what? I, Bully Ray is the world champion in the main event. Damn it, we gotta cover the
3: nucleus it. Nucleus of the crap that I got.
2: Well, hell yeah, man! <laughs> Come on, it's him versus AJ Styles world title, almost thirty minutes. Let's f and LFG. Come on.
3: Oh, I'm down. Yeah, it
2: was a banger. Uh, Bobby Roode also takes on Kurt Angle as in I bang my head
3: against the wall for it to be over.
2: Wow. Bobby Roode takes on Kurt Angle. That legitimately might be a great match. Magnus and Sting He's go at good. it.
3: That's, uh, that's pretty decent.
2: ODB defends the knockout title against Brooke and oh, Gail no. Kim. We get an Ultimate X match. It looks pretty interesting. Jeff Hardy's actually in an Ultimate X match. How about that? But yeah, anyway, that is uh, coming up October 18th. The bonus show is Ring of Honor's Undeniable from 2007. where. Nigel McGinnis wins the world. Sorry for the spoiler from, you know, almost 20 years ago. But Nigel McGinnis wins the world title from uh, Takeshi Morishima. And I oh, have of terror. Yeah. Takeshi Morishima is pretty much the Japanese Samoa Joe, I would say. I there thought that was other... No, not quite. But.
3: he's uh, yeah, just something... a Japanese baked potato. Got it.
2: Yeah. Something like that.
3: I'm not a Japanese Samoa Joe.
2: Okay. Right, but that's coming up uh, for the October bonus, going back to '07, and finally to close out the month, right before Halloween, October 25th, we're bringing you WCW Halloween Havoc 1998, the night when yeah. Blue, the battles evil,
3: <laughs> worst match in history, and the main event gets cut off because they went overtime.
2: Yeah, and you want to talk about people getting screwed by crap going over. <sighs> You yeah. know,
3: imagine was sitting at that Holy War match and like, oh, we're going to get a great one to end the show. Nope. <laughs> we're just going to end yeah. the show.
2: Nope. Fuck you. <laughs> That's coming up uh, October 25th to close out the month of October. So we're bringing you two Halloween Havocs, Bad Blood, Bound for Glory, and some Ring of Honor. So, uh, a little bit of a variety sprinkled in there, y'all. No ECW. Like yeah, no, we're not covering ECW again until November right before turkey day so,
3: so that. you are welcome
2: oh yeah uh but thank you for joining me today greg
3: thanks for doing this to me
2: oh you're welcome and we will see you all next week uh next month actually uh when we bring you halloween havoc 1990